What if I told you that I could change your life forever? We need to be able to defend ourselves. You have his blood. Must be the key to finding his pages. You can't win this game. They're setting up for you to play. You gonna help us or not? For us, it's a rat race to the finish. And it's winner takes all. Alright y'all, welcome back to the blackest ass horror show that is out there today. This is Lovecraft Aftermath, the Carefree Black Nerd review over, I don't know, um, something that hasn't been done or hasn't been done this well or to this degree, a black horror, sci-fi, drama, melanated, Halloween, any time of the year type show. Uh, Lovecraft Country. <laughs> I am your host, Rain Coleman, and I have a very, very, very special episode today. I have two, not one, but two very special guests. Um, you should recognize both of these voices from different episodes in the past. Long-time listeners, first-timers, get used to them. Um, if we could have you guys come on on the mic and let us know who's on the show with us today. I guess I'll go first. My name is Talisa, and um, I was probably that ghetto friend that was so excited about Insecure. That might be where you heard me, if you heard me before. But, um, yeah, I'm just a beginner into the sci-fi world, and I really got intrigued with the Lovecraft uh, show, and now I'm all in. I'm hooked. So, yes. Hello, everybody. (laughs) I'm Jupiter Julius 24. Uh, I think you may have heard me on, oh, what was it? Also do a few podcasts on wrestling, specializing in women's wrestling and Okay, okay. Well, thank you both very much for joining me on this episode today. I am... Look, I've been sick and tired of hearing male voices on all these shows, and now all of a sudden, the last two episodes. Okay, so I'm, I'm happy for this. I'm happy for this. Um, so for those of you out there, we are on episode four, entitled A History of Violence. Uh, Letty confronts Atticus about his plan to return to Florida um, in searching of a missing page of the missing pages to a crucial text. Letty, Tick, and Montrose head to Boston with Hippolyta and Diana along for the ride. Additionally, Christina is white woman it up in most of the episode. Woo! Okay. Um, let's get some general thoughts. Like, we are episode four. How are we feeling about the series? How are we feeling about this episode? Where's that? Where's that? <laughs> well, for me, I guess I'll go. Um, first off, the depth of these characters is like mind-blowing. It, I feel I'm so connected to everyone in such a little bit of time. It just, it kind of just, just, I don't know. I'm at a loss for words of like just how much I'm loving the show. Mm. And I'm a, I'm a person who like covers their eyes during scary movies. <laughs> I'm like singing, it's a small world after all while someone's getting killed. So the fact that I'm able to like thoroughly enjoy this. Like I, I've said, like I need to watch this show over and over again. Mm-hmm. Make sure I'm not missing anything, mm-hmm. any Easter eggs or anything that might be in the show, just because I'm like I'm all in. So 
that just just talks about how excellent the writing is and i haven't read the book and everyone keeps saying read the book <laughs> because it's good but i just the blackness and the storyline and the layers that's in there i'm i'm all the way in. So, okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. 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 Newcomer. Well, welcome. Welcome, new yeah. nerd. <laughs> Happy to be here. <laughs> JJ, what about you? How are we feeling about episode four so far, or the series so far? Oh, it speaks to me um, on a lot of levels. So I'll start with the series as a whole. I am a sci-fi horror person. Um, I'm an inappropriate laugher. So, <laughs> in episode three, when a head came off, I was like, no. Okay, it was funny to me. Uh, but, you know, in, in context, I'm a child of the 80s. Mm. So, the adventure movies, the, the um, yeah, the sci-fi, the horror. I was watching everything but animal uh, pet cemetery. Mm. That's the only thing I didn't do. Okay. Uh, and that's only because I love animals. And I had so many of it that that freaked me out. But, Everything from the Indiana Jones to the Goonies to Critters, uh, I was watching all of that. So the first five minutes of episode one, I was like, "Oh, I'm home." Yeah. Uh, also with this series, I'm I love literature, and I jokingly said to you, Rain, mm-hmm. that this was like reading Rainbow, taking books yeah. in a book, yes, and everything <laughs> is here. So. It added to me, this book adds, the series adds to me uh, different books that I don't necessarily read or have read mm-hmm. or just bought out in the past. So even when I thought of, when I'm in my thinking of the book, uh, of the of the series, I'm wondering, okay, well, they mentioned this book for a reason. Yep. So what parallels are in this book or, you know, that, uh, that show up in the show? Mm-hmm. And then let's add some blackness to that. Mm-hmm. In terms of this episode, um... Again, I, I love the Mummy okay. uh, movies and Indiana Jones So I, I and the Goonies, so it was speaking to me. I like the Goonies. Uh, it, the Goonies as a movie, I think, aged better to me than the Mummy okay. and Indiana Jones. Mm-hmm. Because as I got older, I was like, wait a minute. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> taking that stuff. <laughs> like, right. I, I can't really enjoy, you know, the search for the MacGuffin when I realized that no, you had to like it's discovered when all the natives knew Come where on. it was. Come on. Yeah, colonizing. Come on. So it kind of took away from my childhood enjoyment mm-hmm. of it. But um and the Goonies not not so much. I mean it was pirate treasure and stuff like yeah. that. But yeah. So I enjoyed this episode. I am looking at each episode as an anthology. Yes, yes. And as a genre. So uh, with a connective tissue. Mm-hmm. And so I can enjoy it saying, oh, so we had a horror episode. Oh, so we had um, the adventure episode. Mm-hmm. So now I'm looking forward to a romance episode. Now mm-hmm. I'm looking space. To, I'm looking for yeah, space. <laughs> the out of space episode. Now I'm looking for a real war episode yes uh, so just the different genres of how they can explain uh it, it places where black people normally weren't yes yes and say okay so let's take this genre let's put black people let's add in you know the sons of adam because that gives us a vehicle to just imagine everything yeah and, oh yeah by the way it's jim crow south and let's see where it takes us so mm-hmm. i'm all in and i enjoyed this episode Look, you are speaking to the choir. Um, piggybacking off of something you said about um, books and literature and blackness, one thing that I really appreciate <clears throat> about this series is it feels as if 
it's making up for lost times. Like the a lot of the books, pretty much all the books that are featured on the show are zero to no blackness. But these it speaks to a lot of our black experience. I don't know which show it was, but I mentioned how my sense of humor has been shaped from Martin and Living Single, but also Murphy Brown, Friends, Seinfeld. So it's like we're kind of reclaiming this space or maybe bringing it to light, this space that we occupy where a lot of historical and what is considered great works of fiction have us as either a magical Negro or downtrodden slave or not existent at all. Um, and specifically with Lovecraft, H.P. Lovecraft's uh, body of work, like t the whole show itself is just like kind of flipping that on his head. And like the little boy in the library who read, I believe, Journey to the Center of the Earth, which was like Montrose's favorite book. It's like you're, you're taking real life books. You're not creating books outside of Sons of Adam, but even that's probably based off like a Masonic something probably. You're taking all of these works of fiction and this religious and spiritual context and you're just injecting all this blackness into it. And you're having a show where, like you said, Talisa, you have to watch it seven, eight, nine, ten times mm -hmm. to fully understand. And it's it's like listening to a Twister song or Busta Rhymes or some old school rapper. And it's like, did he just say, oh, let me rewind that. It's, I fucking love it. I just, just, long story short, I love it. And this episode was the hardest one for me to watch. And not like it was difficult. It's just everything else was like, okay, I'm with it. I'm going with the flow. This felt like with this drama between Montrose and Atticus and Atticus and everyone else and the treatment of Letitia, I, this is probably the hardest one for me to have watched, especially with the ending. Woo. Um, that being said, listeners, please use that hashtag Lovecraft Aftermath or LCC Pod when you're live tweeting while watching Lovecraft Country while you're listening to this episode. Any questions we ask, please answer them through the hashtag Lovecraft Aftermath. Twitter, hit us up. Um, SoundCloud listeners, leave a comment in the comments. Uh, iTunes people, leave a review. All that good shit. So, y'all, getting right to it. We open up on... Montrose having a spiritual uh, come to Jesus emotional breakdown. What is this? What? How are we taking <laughs> this opening? Um, you know what? I am. I guess well, it's hard not to think about that beginning scene, and then once you see the whole episode, to mm -hmm. kind of see how. His mind was working, mm -hmm. although it was a twisted method. Mm -hmm. But you know how they say, what, what's the saying like when it says uh, drunken equals sober thoughts or something mm -hmm. like that? Drunk mind, sober thoughts. So, mm -hmm. Yeah, so in his mind, I feel like he was like, let me get rid of this thing that is destroying my family. Mm -hmm. It killed my brother. He's got my son spinning on his heels trying to figure things out. If I just destroy this book, then everything will go back to normal hmm. while you're drinking, which is never a good idea to <laughs> make decisions while you're drinking. Mm -hmm. Well, something detrimental like that. So yeah. I, it's hard for me to, at first I was like, what is he doing? Why would he do that? But then it's like, in his mind, 
that's what he thought he needed to do to protect his his family and his son. And although they have this kind of strained relationship, he's like, it's just his way of protecting him without consulting him on mm-hmm. how he felt he needed to be protected, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I see it. I'll go ahead, JJ, I'm sorry. What's interesting about that is that in episode one, when Letty and Marvin were having a disagreement, mm-hmm. and George and Tick were outside, and Tick wanted to kind of intervene, but also recognizing family business, and mm-hmm. that's how some things are in family. Yeah. And Tick says to uh, Uncle George, why didn't you protect me? And protect him from what? Or from whom? Well, from Montrose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So... He is somewhat, I mean, to me, if we're going to talk about horror uh, or monsters, he is a monster in Tick's life mm-hmm. from whom Tick needed protection. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of things that Montrose does is, is misguided because of the monstrosity in his mind. And what that opening uh, segment did for me was listening to some of his thoughts. Yeah. And none of them were calm. Mm. All of them express some level of violence which is a hat tip to the title of the episode mm-hmm. and so if how can you if you if all of your thoughts sober or not don't mm. show peace mm-hmm. how can you give peace that man is in a constant state of unrest um kind of jumping around and getting ahead but I've been very aware that Montrose is queer. I don't care what way you look at it. This man mm-hmm. is queer. And a black man in the 50s who is dealing with having lived through the Tulsa riots, having been this for whatever reason, always angry or conflicted person, and then also dealing with a sexuality that is not welcome in the large scheme of things and then in your own community and then also having been with the woman and i'm not 100 percent certain how his relationship with tick's mom works out in the show versus how it is in the book but assuming that george is actually tick's dad like you do you hate atticus because you've always known or is it really something about him on his own he's he's fighting a lot of battles that even in 2020 would be a lot to deal with 1954 1955 didn't one of those like the voices in his head uh was like an angry voice almost saying to him get that flower out your hair i think so i think And, and so i mean it's hard because like parenting, right? Uh, Where yeah. it's a, uh, I know that I heard in my life, I'm going to beat you to the police won't. Mm-hmm. 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 And so if in, in the ways that we parent and try to prepare our children for the realities of the world, and maybe his father, Montrose's father saw something. In mm-hmm. Like what you're saying, like it, it's hard enough. You, you're black. You, you want to be, 
gay too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. And then I think it was I think it was last episode. No, not last episode. Maybe the second or his first episode where he said uh, Uncle George had mentioned how Montrose used to hold up a sign for the baseball players mm-hmm. and, and he asked him why he stopped doing that and he said because his dad beat him mm-hmm. about it and Uncle George didn't even know about that. Mm-hmm. Right? So the fact that he's holding in a lot of trauma that maybe his family didn't even know was happening at the time. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's a, it's a lot. I have a theory. Go ahead. That's it. Maybe Come on, girl. Before you, because mm. he said to Chicken as that scene that I was referencing outside the house that, oh well, you know, like your father was smaller, and and I fought and I didn't protect him from my father the way that I could have or should have. Mm. Mm. So mm. maybe, just maybe, like, um, I don't know why he would. Well, let's let's say that we know I, that he's weird, but we don't know. Um, what that in terms because there's there's lots of variation yeah, true. but uh maybe he didn't want a child but couldn't produce one and george kind of stepped in and did that yeah and that's something i hadn't even considered but that's yeah and then so it's kind of like don't so this is like you almost like a surrogate mm-hmm. so but like yeah okay you created this child and some Lesbian couples who choose to have children will go that route, mm-hmm. right? where they get someone to come in to be a surrogate, mm-hmm. but they don't really have any claim on the child, mm-hmm. even mm-hmm. if they're they're you know in the vicinity, yeah, of, you know, around the child. It's like so, don't tell me how to raise my son, because let me mm-hmm. remind you, yeah, this is my son, yeah, yeah, regardless yeah. of what you know may have happened in the conception, mm-hmm. this is where I have a say. This is my power, right? Now. Okay. It reminds me of girlfriends or William, uh, sister. <laughs> okay, but that's whatever. That's neither here nor there. But yeah, <laughs> um, okay, yeah, no, no. I think all of that is good, and I also like that all of this happened in the span of like maybe a minute, and how we get Montrose opening this episode and closing it being two totally different ends of the spectrum when he opens the show and when he closes the show, and that mm. that. Can I add something? I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. There was another thing that he said that was um, that was said in that uh, opening voices, and it was a radio play about the arms race. Mm-hmm. And mm, yeah. I think that that kind of talks about the MacGuffin. Mm-hmm. And sets us up to say, well, there's going to be two parties searching for one thing. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, which also, if we wanted to be like really be say, it's to, like himself, the duality of himself, and mm-hmm. there's been duality all throughout this episode. Yes, mm-hmm. say it. Being two halves of one whole or two sides mm-hmm. searching for one target. Yeah. We'll reach there first. Hell, even the target we got was a two spirited person, hell. Um, yeah, yeah. And it's, you know, you're absolutely right. Um, I believe it was like how the Americans were against the savages in this arms race because the idea of savages and like more refined people was carried throughout as well. When we get to the museum and it's like, oh, Titus saved the savages and these we know from history and then even more specifically fictional history, Black Panther. How the hell did you get these um, these artifacts? They ain't yours. You know, right. the the history is being told from the point of view of the motherfucker that won. So we know them savages ain't writing on oh, this one. Mm-hmm. 
I never, I didn't put words to that. That this whole episode has, yeah, been. We have two more. I have two more. Go on, no, come on, keep them coming. In her jot for Marshall Fields. Mm-hmm. When she comes in, so she was in arms race with another black, which which called another color girl. Mm-hmm. And when she saw that, oh, somebody beat me to it. There was an implosion, mm-hmm. which ended in "Well, fuck you too." So, literally and figuratively. Okay, the second point is something that I know we'll get to later, and that is William and Christina. Mm. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Come on. Because, <Wow>. yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. Uh, but, yeah, so, that's... Mm. No, what'd you say? Do you want to do it now? Um, Let's hold off. Because, uh, yeah, I, ooh, I I want to, but let's hold off on that. So, um, that be, you know what, that being said, Talisa, because I don't think me and you had this conversation, what are your thoughts on Christina? Christina, I don't trust anything about her. <laughs> right <laughs> for yourself. <me> so. <laughs> and I feel like she's one of those people. You Have you ever met a person who's like, we're in this together, and mm-hmm. I'm fighting. I'm doing this for us, and I need you to do X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. And then when you do what they need, then they it gets them to the point where they need to be, and mm-hmm. then they leave you behind. Yep. Mm-hmm. I feel like that is what she is. Like she's trying to find her place, and it's almost like a um, like white privilege from a one white woman's perspective. Mm-hmm. White in a sense where it's like I'm gonna have tick do all the hard, dirty mm-hmm. work, and I'm going to prance around in my nice car and my clothes and kind of act like I'm making all these moves in the background when really he's doing all the mm-hmm. all the work for me, and I'm having all these people kind of do all the hard work so I can just step into this place that I feel like I'm rightfully supposed to be in. Mm-hmm. So... In a nutshell, I don't trust anything about her. I don't necessarily care for her uh, character because I just know, of course, that she has alternative motives. And, like, but she always comes to tick, like, we can do this together because mm-hmm. you're black and you're oppressed and I'm a woman and I'm oppressed. So mm-hmm. let's work together. Almost like the, the feminist movement where black women have a different type of... Come on. You know, set of issues Come on. than one woman, but they want to put us all under one umbrella. It does. It doesn't work like that. Mm. So what I love was when she tried to walk into the house, ha. into Letty's house, and was surprised that Letty had something for her. Like, no, you just don't get an open invitation in my house. Mm-hmm. So that was a, a good moment, and I, I didn't. I like the scene with her having Rihanna playing in the background, mm-hmm. but I feel like she doesn't reserve, deserve Rihanna hmm. <laughs> playing in any background music that she has. Yes. I, I feel two ways about that, but in a nutshell, that I don't trust her in the least bit. It's so funny the things you say about her, because JJ, it, it sounds like she's describing Caleb from the book. Like, mm. everything that this person who has not read the book is saying about <laughs> Christina applies to him uh, um i like that scene with her because you do get showing not telling her white privilege this woman is driving recklessly haphazardly through the streets of chicago in her european car 
not obeying, knowing that you have this protection. We've seen it in action in what episode two, we've seen or one, one or two, one, and we've seen what anything, any forces working against her, what what, how they do not work, and immediately after, we show that this black girl, Letitia, imbued with power from a wise black woman, the uh, the 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 um. Oh, I don't want to say the wrong thing. The black woman, the Caribbean black woman from the last episode, because of some. Yes, yes, because of magic through this elder black woman has now like these teachings. Of course, I'm not a woman, but these teachings that this black woman has passed down to this younger black woman is is allowing her to maneuver and have a safe space outside of the chaos that is this white woman full of privilege her blood is literally magical privilege like ah, oh and and the other thing is she is relishing not only in the magic that she has gotten from the sons of adam Mm -hmm. but also the magic of her white skin Mm -hmm. and the magic of her money because we know that they're rich, but in case we had any doubt, she let us know. We wouldn't mess with the KKK because yes. they are too poor. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so her recklessness is, and you know, it, it, I think is a, is a symptom of that. But then also when she was playing with the children, mm-hmm. she was carefree and joyful because she literally has no care in the world. At all. At all. Yeah. And really the cares that she has to me, come from boredom. Well, I won't say boredom because if you were raised in this and you feel like it's old to you because you're putting the time, but in relation to everyone else, this is a problem that you're creating on your own. Yeah, your dad didn't want women in the Sons of Adam, but you still reap the benefits from all the work that the Sons of Adam have done. You could just live your life as a privileged, conventionally attractive, wealthy, wizardous white woman and be fine but you want more power and that thirst for power is creating your problems you aren't black you you're not you're not oppressed even in the way that white women in the 50s are oppressed you have magic so yeah no you're right carefree not a care in the world let me play with these white kids and have a good old time but you know what's interesting to me is why didn't she start or why doesn't she start an organization called the daughters of Lilith? And so, I'm going to talk a little bit more about William. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my little theory. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Talisa, you were going to say something? Oh, well, I was just going to say, I think that she doesn't feel, I don't think she would do something like that mm. because it doesn't seem as groundbreaking, you know? Mm. Like, I feel like she she thinks if she can bust through that, that male wall and be the, the almost kind of like how... Um, Ruby felt about getting the job mm. at Marsha mm-hmm. Marsha Fields. Marsha Fields. Oh. Or Marsha Fields. No, it's Marsha Fields. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Marsha Fields. <laughs> <laughs> and like how she wanted to be the groundbreaker, to be the first colored girl, but her need to be the first colored girl wasn't out of pride. It was out of survival. Like mm. I know if one person gets it, then no one else will. So I need to be that one mm. for. Christina, it's more of a pride thing than I feel like, or a, or like a, I want to prove something to all the men. Could you see how her and the cop kind of had that back oh, yeah. and forth mm-hmm. where she, 
he basically told her, you're a woman, so I have a better chance, no matter what your lineage is, mm-hmm. I have a better chance of getting in this position than you are. Mm-hmm. So don't don't forget that. Yeah. So this is, that would be her way of like giving a middle finger to all of them if she's able to do it. You mm-hmm. know? Or at least that's how I feel. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm interested in your theory, JJ, because I'm, I'm with Talisa on this one. I think for Christina, it's more or less, I am the sole one. I think... She doesn't, to me, she doesn't strike me as somebody who was like, you know, girl power. Because I'm like, if, if you, I know there's other women. Well, on the based on the book, there are other women, white women, who are also in this realm. But I, I don't know. And also with her being, which let me say this, with this being a gender bent Caleb, JJ, I, I don't think that's the case. I don't because if if I'm remembering correctly, I think we we actually get to see Caleb. I could be misremembering; it could be a false memory, but I think we get a brown-haired Caleb sometime before this series is over. I I, I feel like I saw somebody who kind of looks like Zac Efron ish with brown hair and a and a um a, a, a pea coat on. Now again, I could be I could be wrong, but I feel like we get a Caleb in this in this show, but. I'm, I'm gonna leave that there. Oh, but yeah, I, yeah. That's completely interesting. I did not know that. I, I'm like, hmm. I think we do. Well, the only way that. Okay, so can we? Are we talking about the theory? Of, oh, come on. That's fine. Let's okay. let's get it. So I did. As I said, I read the book, and when there was no obvious Caleb, and we got a Christina. Mm-hmm. I thought, hmm. But the thing about. William and Christina that struck me were their looks. Yep. Because uh, that's a that's an awful Targaryen look they got. Mm. Mm-hmm. Come on, <laughs> come on. Where it's 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 something that it seemed very genetic, mm-hmm. but uh, because uh, Tony Golan's character, I forgot his name. Yeah, Sam. Sam, like he had it as well. Mm-hmm. Where I thought that if you had a male that is carrying those genes that he could overlook Christina for, then he would. Mm, come on. But he's not. So then, who is he? And mm. then when we saw, because they, because two people said, like, oh, who are you? Essentially, he knew an awful lot about the house and the history. Mm-hmm. George asked a question, and then when he, William said, I'm not the butler, she's like, you're not the butler? Letty said, you're not the butler? So now we know that he's not the character in the book who is the butler. Yeah. So then, who is he? Mm-hmm. And, Come on. and then I thought, well, so at, at first I was thinking that he was almost like a creation, a Frankenstein, mm-hmm. that, that uh, Sam or someone create tried to create something. So almost like in episode three where we saw those uh, creations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The so at black first people. I thought he was trying to create a male mm-hmm. um, besides, you know, besides the tick. Mm-hmm. You know, that would have a blood to be able to do it and maybe even sacrifice mm-hmm. if need be. That's what I thought he was at first until I realized, wait a minute, you don't see those same people in the same room at the same time. Come on, Superman Clark Kent. Yeah, like, wait, so because I knew that it was kind of similar. And the thing of with Lilith, they talked about Eve, right? Mm-hmm. And, and they have an issue with Eve. And, and they said, and even this, this week's episode, Eve fucked. You know, like there was monsters, mm-hmm. 
Right. And I thought, but there's another literary fiction, you know, biblical. Mm-hmm. But that's not in the Bible. But it is in Jewish lore. Mm-hmm. And that's Lilith. And what did Lilith do? Create Come monsters. Come on. Come on. Yeah. That. Okay, I'm not going to be able to sleep at night with that theory. Because <laughs> now, that, that makes all the sense in the world. Yes. Well, yes. but but I can now, like, but now I'm thinking a little bit. Well, I think they may be the same person, but mm-hmm. even before, so if they're, so there we go with the duality, right? Mm-hmm. So I can see why, why Christina would want the sons of Adam instead of creating her own, because if she's the same person, then why recreate something just for women right. when I also have this male side, and I can just take this one. But mm-hmm. it also talks about, you know, some white women's petulance. Well, I have what I have, but I also have what you have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Give it to me now. But going off of your Lilith theory, if we fast forward to uh, William and Ruby getting it on, if she, because we know that we're not just pulling from Christianity, we're pulling from right. occult and other religions and, and spiritualities. Is he not the monster she created? Like you see the brand on his chest because it's not a tattoo. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. a brand. So mm-hmm. is she? A shape-shifting monster? Is he the monster she created? Because I feel like if we're going with the idea that uh, William and Christina are, in fact, the same person, what other forms is she able to take on? And what is her mm-hmm. actual form? Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing about Lilith was that she was created from the same place Adam. So she was Adam's equal. Mm. Because she did what she wanted. Yeah. That's the reason why God created from Adam's rib. Okay. See, so, I was unaware. <laughs> I was unaware. Go ahead, teach me. <laughs> oh, let's see. Oh, my Catholic school offering is coming out. <laughs> so, but so I'm wondering about the creation of like, okay, did I did, did do I create William to be my equal, like of me, mm. like part of my flesh or clay? So, so it would be interesting because they are alchemists and they do experiments. Mm-hmm. And they, Mm, you know what? That that being said, what did she say last episode? She said one, I forget what she called him, but pretty much one white family would be lucky to learn one spell. If her daddy did the um the immunity spell, is that her one spell that she learned? Is this trans modification or whatever, transfigured, whatever? Like, is that the one spell that she herself mastered? Because she's convincing as William. Like, mm. oh, she always had her own power. You mm-hmm. know, it, it was she. She all from when we saw her, it was besides the car thing and the chase. It was um, give my give my friends their memory back. You know, she didn't. Have oh to yeah. Oh, I completely yeah. forgot about and that. She was watching them and everything else. So she. It's always been clear that she's had her own power, and mm-hmm. that doesn't necessarily say to me. It, uh, well, what does it say? I can't be harmed. Mm-hmm. That was that's what his father. That's what her yeah. father. Did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As her father was pontificating, and we, me, me, she was learning everything. Mm-hmm. And the only thing that stops her, stopped her, was a genitalia. Yeah. And so we don't yeah. know what all she's got. Mm. And in that episode, episode, I think it was episode two. What did she describe William as when Tick asked her, oh. like, "Is that your boyfriend? What is he?" I don't and even she, remember. Go she, what did she say? She said he is a boy. 
was sometimes a friend. Let me tell you, I'm not standing for this white woman, but I am so happy to see her role in this story, specifically the first two episodes as it pertains to her father. Um, Because I think it just shows the foolishness that is men. Like, if she is, in fact, William, and she's... William always bothered me because in a book it was an older man who I imagine to be not really conventionally attractive but white enough to, like, hold that position as, like, butler. But Sam never... No, he does speak about William. He says something which leads me to think, does he even know... That, because if you're if you're this high and mighty white man, untouchable, and then you're also an alchemist and a like spiritual leader and running all this shit, and your daughter's the only thing that's really fucking her is that she is a girl, a woman. Would you even pay as much attention to her? Where when William is introduced, do you as Sam even understand that that's the same person? Like. I, I may be reaching, but I feel like either he knew and he was like, okay, whatever, get your rocks off. You still can't join because you're biologically, you were born a woman. Or he just had no idea at all. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where I land with that yet. I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, but Christina, you know, girl power, but only so far. So much. Only so much. Um one thing I want to bring up is Emmett Till. So, yeah. in the last episode, th- okay, this is where you got to get into the theories and speculation. We know that this is Emmett Till. We know he goes on his trip down south, and we know the history of what happened. Because Bobo still exists in this world, which I'm going to imagine is maybe a week after the events of last episode, what do we take that as? Because he went down south. Or did he not go down south in this show and now we have a slightly different timeline? Like, he's alive and well. I think he hasn't went down. I think he hasn't went out of town yet. Okay. Okay. I don't I don't think he's left yet. Because I, I feel like to make it a point to see him in two episodes mm-hmm. that, that that situation is going to resurface okay. in some way. Okay. Because I... I Oh, no, go ahead, go ahead. I think that when we think about Emmett Till, we think about the tragedy of his death. Mm-hmm. And what we're seeing now is that he was a whole person. Mm, come on. And that he had friends, he had joys, he was into mischief, because he had no business with that Ouija board. <laughs> but it, it's like, it, it humanizes him, it kind of fleshes out, even though, even though it's imaginative, mm-hmm. it fleshes out the person that he could have been. Yeah. And not just what will be. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I don't know anything about Emmett Till past or prior to the events, the incident, mm-hmm. I'll say. So, no, you're absolutely right. It, it I think it does flesh out this character slash real person. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with and that. And the fact that they don't caught. You haven't heard them call him Emmett yet. They mm-hmm. call him by his nickname, what mm-hmm. people who were close to him would call him. So I like I agree that I'm sure they're trying to 
especially before the the tragedy that happened to Mm -hmm. show this was a young boy full of life someone's friend he was a friend he was a son and it got stripped away from him over just the heinous events that took place shit who um okay so hippolyta on the phone with her daddy i don't think we got her daddy in the book um She's on the phone with her daddy. She's talking about this. How? What do you call it? What is this gold contraption? This solar system of sorts that she. Orrery. Okay. And she's discussing it with him. She's like, you know, what solar system has two suns? And he's like, oh, it ain't none. And you know, they're going back and forth. And I love, love, love this conversation. The everything about Hippolyta, especially in this episode, is to sound kind of corny black girl magic but that aside she is very hell-bent and focused on things scientific she's very focused on astrology she's focused on things that i don't know about y'all but when i was in school they weren't you weren't they weren't pushing these um subjects onto us it was more or less you can learn about greek mythology and that got some of it in there and science we'll go over it a bit but the way in which she loves this subject well into her adulthood, feels like had she been a real person, she would have a whole podcast on this by now. Um, and her <laughs> yeah, dad, or a TV go, show, a YouTube yeah, channel, yeah, something, <laughs> something like her love for this is is peppered throughout the whole episode. But this casual conversation with her dad, this woman of a certain age talking to her dad, who's of course older, discussing this one very specific subject that. I don't see myself, I could be wrong, but for me, I don't see a lot of black faces in these conversations. And this is a casual conversation. Like, yeah, Dad, um, I know, you know, I studied this shit when I was a kid. What what, what solar system has two sons? Like, to just have that be casual and not like like a, a MacGuffin type of, all right, Dad, we got to solve this riddle quick or else the world is going to blow up. What, what, like, it was, it didn't feel intense and rushed. It felt just regular and that's what i loved about her conversation with him yeah I'm, that's where i'm at y'all yeah. well i guess i also wanted to point out that what struck me with that is that she's she's a genius when it comes to like the solar system and just a wealth of knowledge so for her i i even understand even more now how she is probably so annoyed mm. with tick and Montrose because she knows they're not telling her the truth Mm -hmm. and the fact about what happened with Uncle George and the fact that she's like I am not a dummy and you guys are sitting here acting like like this stuff adds up that my husband just died and you're telling me these stories and you should know I'm smarter than Mm -hmm. that so I guess from just, just learning more about her and knowing that she had a part in naming parts of the solar system and mm-hmm. how her name came about and things like that. And then to know that they actually think they can tell her mm. this, you know, just chopped up story about how her husband died and that she's just going to take it and run with it. Just kind of, I can't wait to, to, hmm. to when they dive into her character more mm. because mm-hmm. I know there's more that's coming. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah, she's she is a little different from in the book. Mm-hmm. Um, it, from episode one, we can see that she's been chafing mm-hmm. um, under the restrictions of 
everything. And it will be interesting to see, A, how did she get the ovary? Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, we know that the door was locked. It, it unlocked for her. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it chose her for something. Um, so how did she get it? You know, it looked heavy. So how did she, yeah. you know, like, <laughs> how, did <you> get it? <laughs> how did it come about the house with nobody? I mean, at that shy, party. So, right. Yeah. Like, well, ain't nobody going, hey. <laughs> Yeah. You know, and I just thought, you know, that was interesting. Um, and so, uh, you know, the, the other gentleman, when she was on the phone with her father, said, well, every locked thing has a key. Yep. So I am thinking that she is the key because mm. it was a locked room that opened when she was around. Mm-hmm. And now she has it. So uh, I, I do think that. Um, I don't really know. Oh, and, and we did get her father in a book because uh, Black Parenting, again, her mom was was thought that she had her head in the cloud and she needed to be more realistic. Oh yeah. Encouraged yeah. And so when so when it, that naming contest was in the paper, that's you right. Father, yeah, right. like mailed it off mm, for her. Yeah. Okay. So they so they that's how they bonded. I think that's how she got her name, and then you know with Diana mm-hmm. and things of that nature. So. Uh, you know, it is in her. It is a it is a bonding time. So, and it's good to know that she has somebody who who values her intelligence mm-hmm. and she can bounce ideas off of. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, it's it's a shame that Tick didn't get it from George. Mm. Uh, he know he wants to say something, but then you have Montrose like, nah, because what? Yeah, she, yeah. And then there's the truth of that though. What can she do really? Yeah. But get herself into trouble. Yeah, like you're doing, which, too. <laughs> which is what she's about to do mm-hmm. with that autumn. Mm-hmm. So it would be interesting to see what she encounters because they got rid of the sheriff mm-hmm. and some of his other people, but we all know they come a dime a dozen. Yeah, yeah, for sure. One so. may be gone, but Christina's not there to, to use her undue influence. It would be, we didn't really get a lot of the town and mm-hmm. the townspeople mm-hmm. to know and see what they would do and what she what she might run into. Yeah. Um, so it, it would be interesting to see, uh, you know, where, like you said, Lisa, like where that journey goes for her mm. and what it unlocks because in the previews, the things that we have seen. Come on. Interesting. Oh my gosh, yeah. So, I mean, that's the teaser for me. It's like, come on, we're going to get some bottles. And also, Diana. Yeah, and that's what I was about to say. She's alone for the ride. You know, she's there in it. So, oh my God, this show, this freaking show. Um, yeah, I'm with you on. Go ahead, go ahead. There's only one person who who I don't want to see more of, and that's Trey. Just drop that ancient and right on off. Yeah. Oh yeah. I I hope he stayed where wherever he was at in Boston. Leave him there. Lying. Yeah. Lying. Lying. It seemed like he was—he's only there to antagonize and to give mm-hmm. information that we probably could have, most well, some of us have have come to on our own. But you can see through the course of the show, like his added comment about Montrose, I don't think was needed. Um, no, because I feel like we still we would have got it. Like it, it makes like all the clues are there and if they're going to drop more before like the official announcement or even if there is they may not ever officially say anything um but we didn't need him yeah we well, didn't need him hmm? 
we can, you know what he 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 plays a role for me it, the role of further expressing that all black people are not a monolith mm. and not all black people got along just because we were black yeah yeah and to see somebody where we knew within two seconds of uh tick going into the bar and mm. how he's like oh no. You know, with 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 tree mm-hmm. and with tree smart, we knew he wasn't shit. Yeah, yeah. And yep. you know, for me, I thought it was because he said, you know, Coke bottle that he was more or less a childhood bully. You know, yeah. kind of what I thought it was. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, I ain't got time for you. You know, your shenanigans, but mm-hmm. you can clearly see, you know, what type of person he is. So if 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 you not for me, then I'm gonna knock you down a peg. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, like that was what he did to, um, to Letty. Yeah. Oh, Letty, Letty's not checking for me. Okay, so I'm allowing my dick and essentially call you a hub. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Tick, he approached her in a way that was, I mean, what well, she said she don't regret it is what she needed at the time, but clearly they talked about it because mm-hmm. he told. Yeah. So there's been a con- there's there's been some time that passed mm-hmm. where they had a deeper conversation. Yeah. Even though at the end of that deeper conversation, clearly things weren't settled because of the way that they were antagonistic yeah. to each mm-hmm. other. But at least there was some clarity yeah. around maybe the approach of why things went down the way that they did. Mm. Oh, yeah, because you told her about... Yeah, yeah. And I feel like Tree, he seems like that guy who will talk to anybody that'll listen. Mm-hmm. So it might not even have been that she got the information from Tick, but she might have got it from just people at the party mm-hmm. who anyone who tra- who he thought might want to approach her you know the somebody to just throw salt in the mm. mix just because to keep letty from whatever from another guy approaching her mm. like well i'm gonna tarnish her name so then she don't have any choice but to come talk to me mm. kind of situation mm. I hate him. I hate him. Like I, I, I think everything y'all saying is valid, and I can see the point of him. Um, and it's not lost on me that his size, compared to everyone, but specifically Tick, like there has to be like four or five inches between. Well, maybe not that, but he's clearly taller and slightly bigger than Tick, but. For all of the monsters and fighting and white privilege that we've we've been introduced to over these first couple episodes, going hand to hand with another black man, not even another black man, just another regular bully, don't even like I. That's not even something I would waste my time on, and that's where I think this nonchalant not being affected by him is really upsetting this man. Like, you know, let me know that you know your daddy gay and and Letitia, you a hoe. And y'all got me to Boston for free. Like it's if it, it just feels, yeah. So I, I see his, and I'm happy that man is getting this 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 check. So I ain't saying write him off, you know. Right. Actor, get your money, black man. <laughs> but like I'm, he's, ah, uh, yeah. But you, and you know what though, and I think that Horatio <laughs> Bellata, mm-hmm. uh invited him. Yeah. Oh. He's annoying. Yes. Say, oh, yes. I'll punish you. Yes. So yep. y'all ain't got nothing to say. Y'all don't want to open your mouth. Guess what? Okay. Yeah. Yep. Tree coming. Yeah, she did y'all that. Always, so now we all got to deal with something. That we mad. Yeah. Something. Yeah, we all annoyed now. Yep. Oh fuck. Yes. Um. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. I. I. I'm. This show is freaking phenomenal. Um. So, 
one of the scenes that I really enjoyed was Tick and Letty and Montrose, like, at the start of this hero's journey, where they're at the bar together. Now, I may be reading a bit much into this, and I, I, I don't I don't know for certain because I've seen Michael um, Montrose in other shows, but some of his mannerisms, to me, look very familiar. They look very... I've I've been around as a child. I've I've had older queer men in my life, and I don't know if it's me projecting memories onto him because I now perceive him as a certain way, or if this is genuinely like he's acting that well. But a lot of the conversation, a lot of the 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 movements, even from the bar to the caverns to like every a lot of it feels very familiar to me. Now. I'm looking at it from a different lens than you guys, so I don't know. Let me know if I'm reaching, but he feels familiar to me. And so that, I'm gonna say that. Um, <laughs> Are you saying his character or no? The character, no, 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 not the actor, but the character. Like Montrose, a lot of stuff he's doing, it just feels like older men that I've seen, and specifically older queer men that I've seen. And it's not like it's a whole lot, but it's just certain things that I'm like, okay, that looks. Like, you know, so-and-so from back in the day. That looks like this person who I know now. It, it A lot of his, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. Just pretty, for lack of a better term, his movements. A lot of stuff that he does with this with this character feel very familiar. Well, what I would say why he is acting his butt off. Oh, for sure. Because he plays the angry, frustrated dad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, because usually he's like in a lot of the shows that I've seen him in, most of the most of the people who are acting with him, they're like the same age, same friend group kind mm, of thing, or mm-hmm. he's the antagonist in a situation. But I haven't seen him play like a dad before. Okay, he's a toxic dad. Don't get me wrong <laughs> in this in this show, but the fact that he's able like that emotion, like. Like the first uh, first time we were introduced to his character, and he's like, "What y'all doing here? Why are you here?" I say, "What's up?" Like that. I don't know. For me, just hearing that frustration in his voice, he is playing the heck out of that character. Mm-hmm. And I kind of get what you're saying, but I feel I felt like it kind of even before Tree said anything, the way that the guy who owns the bar. Mm-hmm kind of said like he's over there like the way he said that kind of seemed like he was familiar with him and not just like somebody who's always at the bar like they mm-hmm. know each other. you know mm-hmm. what I mean if that makes any yeah, sense yeah no like, no no yeah like I kind of picked up that vibe and then I feel like when Tree said that that was kind of like if you heard it that was confirmation mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. Ooh, JJ what you what you think um, <laughs> me when I see Montrose I see the carrier of secrets mm. uh-huh. Uh-huh. so I mean, that could be one of his secrets the paternity could be another of his secrets oh, yeah. mm-hmm. but the thing that I the greatest secret that I have is why was he doing research on come on like Tick's mama's family and her people and the question that I and from that research is did Christina find Mm, Montrose or did Montrose find Christina and and, Mm. and, and, 
mm. like going to that, like we saw the chains on Montrose, mm-hmm. but we ain't see him in prison, and he ain't look like he was missing no meals. Yeah, he mm-hmm. didn't really look all that dirty. So, do we really think that? You know, like, what was he really doing there? Mm. And was he really in prison? Because they shown up, you know, everybody else was treated really well. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So, they he was literally a guest until Tick got there. So, why would he then be, for what we're being shown, mm-hmm. why would he then be imprisoned in that way? I got a theory. And got when a theory. there was a choice of who to shoot, it a, wasn't him. I got a theory. Mm-hmm. I and got then a theory. he burns the book. And then we got the end of the episode. Let me tell you, I believe it's his bloodline and not Tick's mom that is imbued. That's what I think. Because for all the changes that they've made from the book, yes, I think the mom is um, the granddaughter or daughter of the slave who ran away. I, I get that. But I feel like because he is searching and for everything that you just said, he was an Artem. And... I think George stumbled upon or got access to this book that maybe Montrose was looking for himself or something, or I think Montrose didn't get as far in the, the, um, like the spiritual text and whatnot. We all see how hotheaded he is. He probably said something to piss these white folks off and they didn't throw him in the basement. (laughs) But I think that the bloodline is his. And I say that because even, I think everything you said, Everything I just said, and also because Diana is a girl in the story where she was a boy in the book, she would be the official last heir of that bloodline because now we know George and Montrose are are full blood brothers and not half brothers. I think it's their bloodline and it's not his mother's. That's just me. That's that's what I'm thinking. And so he probably came across a secret or something that he's like, okay, now nah, I didn't went too far. Or I gotta say my I feel like his intentions are are um noble, but his actions and like you said, being a keeper of secrets and you already got all these secrets on lock lock and key, he you can only hold on to so much before you explode. And I think this right. is him exploding trying to still control the narrative and it ain't happening, brother. I I ooh come on. Okay. If 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 it's if it's the Freeman bloodline, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Then why is Tick so special? Because wouldn't no, I mean the boy? Like, huh? He's the boy. He's the last because only Tick and Diana. There's not other children, and Diana's no. a girl. And just like Chris, Christina, Christina is more than qualified for the Sons of Adam, but she's a girl. So. But, but, Oh, go so ahead. was Montrose and so was George. Yeah, so but, you got two men, why Tick? Well, yeah. I don't know if it's skip a generation. I think maybe he's young and more um because by that logic, why not um why not Sam? Like if if oh, if I, we're gonna if we're gonna do a ritual like any any um story when you got to sacrifice a virgin, it's always a young girl. If if it's some kids being slain somewhere, you're sacrificing young people. I just think that just by nature of him being young, fit, and healthy, he can survive whatever more than George and Montrose would have been able. Yeah, George is dead. And with that being said, I guess now that calls into question, maybe Tick is actually Montrose's son because, like you said, they shot. Um, Sam shot Letty, and he shot 
um, George, but did not shoot Montrose. Well, okay, I, I want to push back on that. Come one. on, come on. <laughs> okay, so why not Sam? I think they were talking about Sons of Sun. Mm-hmm. And so Titus, who spelled his blood, mm-hmm. did it, you know, like for of the males of his seed. Mm-hmm. And so his seed was the enslaved one, you know, mm-hmm. from the enslaved woman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then that we saw God him through. Yep. All right, I think they, I think her name was Hannah. I so, think so yeah. um, but why not Sam? Because I think that Sam may come not directly from Titus. Mm-hmm. So I think he may be like a son of Titus's brother. Okay. Yeah. And so, but Titus ain't spell all the birthright. Mm-hmm. He spells his direct blood. Yeah. So from him, so he is the son of the son. Because you know Titus, the enslaved woman mm-hmm. who escaped, and then who, and then you know she, who had she a gave baby, birth to, mm-hmm. and then that baby's baby, and then that baby, then that was the mom. I think mm-hmm. that was Ada, mm-hmm. and then it was him. So. So as a brace white, Sam was able to get some of it. It's mm-hmm. kind of like, well, why why does he have Christina around? Because Christina's usefulness is the fact that she could produce another brace white. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think that you know I don't think I mean, but Montrose, he he has this thing. Well, I mean, we don't really know yet because that's the, that's the secret that he's carrying. I, mm-hmm. I will say this, and and I hate it. In the book, it was excuse me, it was real clear mm-hmm. what Montrose's um, bloodline was. We'll also call the Book of Ada. Mm-hmm. And that I went back and reread that story today okay. because Ada, that that whole storyline was this episode. Yeah. And um, why they did what they did and some of the changes, but I think that. Montrose, we knew that he was obsessed with finding out who his wife's people were. Mm-hmm. And it was something that she never shared with Montrose, probably because, you know, look at him. Right, crazy. <laughs> in the book, she did tell Tick. Mm-hmm. In the show, she told George. George. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so it was enough for them to realize in both instances leave well enough alone. Yeah. It wasn't enough for Montrose, which could be this was a secret from Montrose and mm-hmm. he was like, nah, I got to know. Yeah. So it's it's, you know, everything that he's done, you know, like you don't he asked Tick this episode, where did I go wrong for you with you? You never do what I uh, what I tell you to do, what mm-hmm. I expect you to do. And so he only came uh because he realized what he say about Letty and um take foolish and crazy go well together. He said those two clowns are going to get themselves in trouble. Those have some trouble. Mm-hmm. That's right. So maybe if I come, I can mitigate it. But also, take carrying the blood may also be able to pull down authority or something mm-hmm. that I'll have no control over. Right. I'm there. So I don't think it was altruistic at all. Mm-hmm. You know. So, but so that that's the secret, though. It's like what came first? I mean, did they find you or did you find them? What is, what is, we, you know, like, it's just peeling back all of the layers that make up Montrose. And and to circle back to what you all said, I don't see anybody else playing him 
Michael Oh, for sure. Yeah. Never. Definitely. Never. And that's, okay, that's something I love about this show is that you get these characters fully realized and these black people acting their asses off. I think you can say that probably with every character, whatever black character so far, that I can't see a different person playing them with slight exceptions. Um, and the key is not included. But nobody else could be Montrose. Nobody else could be Uncle George. Nobody else could be Letty. Uh, nobody else could be Ruby for me at all. And how many vehicles with original stories have we had where you could say that you know like we i mean we have you know rest in peace we have t'challa and we have chadwick boseman and you have that kind of sort of line of things but then that's relatively new that's 2018 like what other show can you point to and be like oh nobody can play this character but i mm, I don't know i'm I'm just I'm, i'm i'm rambling um i think a lot of um, Montrose's issues is also that he started this. He is the reason that the show began because of a letter you sent to your son because you couldn't leave well enough alone, both in the book and in the um, in the show. Now the details in the show might be different, but it's still the same. You sent off whether by force or you wrote it on your own. You sent off a letter to your son that got him going after this hidden treasure, and so here we are. Four episodes in, and it's your fault. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And that's another secret that he, or something that he real, another weight that's on his shoulders is like, I got my son in this, mm-hmm. I got my brother killed. So, you know, all those layers, like you said, he's just a, a layered character where you you want to hate him, you want to sympathize with him, you want to you want to hug him, mm-hmm. you want to just be like, just just. Tell us what's going on. Just mm-hmm. remove some of that weight off your shoulder. But then you also see that similarity with Tick mm-hmm. on how he wants mm-hmm. to put all the problems on your shoulders. Yes. Like he wants every or all the problems on his shoulders. He doesn't want them to do anything. Like when they tried, when he tried to get them on the elevator and mm-hmm. like, okay, I'll finish this out by myself. And they're like, what? What is wrong with you? Right. We are here. We've come down into this tunnel with you and you trying to push us off and do this by yourself like it's not about you it's about mm-hmm. all of us mm-hmm. and I just think with all the characters it kind of shows each each way they all think about solving a problem like mm-hmm. with Montrose it's like the way we solve a problem is we just burn it we don't <laughs> talk about it we don't acknowledge it we go on about our day we bury our problems mm-hmm. with Tick he's like if I have a problem, I want to handle it myself. I, I don't want any help. I'll figure it out, even if it takes me longer. Mm-hmm. Even if I could ask for help, I'm not going to do it because that's the way I solve a problem. And with Letty, it's more like, no, it's a community issue. Mm-hmm. We all have a stake in a problem. So let's try to fix it together. And mm-hmm. I think they kind of show in, the, in this episode, especially how you have to depend on everyone in your team and pull from everyone's strength to kind of get something accomplished Mm -hmm. because at the end, even though tick was the one whose bloodline opened up the, the gates to get the, the letter, Mm -hmm. or I can't think of what it's called, but even though he was the one to open it up, it was Letty who had to swim back and go get it. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. it's like, 
what would have happened if I didn't go? We would have drowned. So I think that was just something that I, I kind of picked up on in the episode. Mm-hmm. Like they're just showing how everyone had their own mindset of how to solve a problem. Yeah. You know, I think that listening to you, I think that I, if I put aside the fact that I think Jonathan Majors is fine. Ah, say that. <laughs> And I and I, you know and I and and I let it go of that. <laughs> Tick is super flawed. Oh, for sure. Yes. Selfish. Mm-hmm. Yes. It is, and I am wondering. I know that he has trauma that he carries. Uh, I I see that he um, he 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 folds himself within himself. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And I think. That is best expressed by the way that he, um, the way that he reads. Yeah. And uh, then we, you know, so just that opening scene from the first episode, and we had all the amalgamation of all these things mm-hmm. that you know in his psyche, from the war trauma to, you know, the red woman, you know, beam me up to another earth mm-hmm. to the uh, Robinson. Jackie Robinson, right, to the Cthulhu, to all these things, and and my kids told me what the flying things were, but I forgot. <laughs> and, I did. And so, but he's a he is also um, a single child yeah. went to the army, and I think that you know, and also he probably needed to escape his father's wrath. Yeah, yeah. A lot, and so he is used to thinking of himself. The same thing that. Um, Ruby said about Letty. Letty. Yep. Uh-huh. And which is why they're just a pair, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah. and the, the difference is, like you said, Letty does understand community. Um, I think she understands it differently now. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Before, I think she it was more superficial before, and mm-hmm. she was yeah. emotions. Uh, but now, um, the community saved her. Yeah. And she's calling on those names. Mm-hmm. And I, I love that. I love that about her character. I love that, like you mentioned, Talisa, she said, hey, this nigga, this nigga, he was kidnapped. I died. This ain't just right. happening to you. Quit acting like it's only happening right. to you. And it's that, an internal struggle. She dragged me with that. Like, because I'm, I myself am flawed in the sense that a lot of stuff I take on my own problem, and I see a lot of myself in, um, tick because of that. I wasn't, I was raised as an only child. I read books. I, I consumed art. I got into comics, and a lot of my issues and a lot of the things that I could just vocalize, I had to do it with myself. And so even as an adult, I have to remind myself: No, if you're mad, stay that and explain why. You know, don't. Don't sit on your feet. So I, it's I felt so offended, but I felt it was right that she said it. Like you aren't the only person with issues, and magical blood is trumped by resurrected and kidnapped by some white folks any day. So you know, and then I was just uh, so yes, yes to all of that. Um, I do want to mention as a quick aside. Uh, I think we talked about this, JJ. How I am really tired of Lenny. Being the one, now, there's a lot that can be said um, about her station on the show, being a very fair-skinned black woman, and you know what what implications come from that. Where though in the book she is, I think she looks like how she's described in the book. But all, all that being said, the fact that she's always 
kind of sent into battle first or or the one that's taking the brunt or the initial brunt of the um the danger like even walking that plank you can make the argument that she's lighter so she could probably lighter as in weight so it's probably easier for her but nigga all three of us still have to make it across yeah that's what i'm thinking she should have been in the middle now i think i didn't like that Go ahead, speak on because I. Well, yeah. well, for me, I just felt like, why would you send her into something like almost like you go check it out and then and you be strong? Like, did she just in the first was it the first yeah in the first episode she was the one who had to go yes. run and get the car? Yes. Like she took she took enough hits like going first. Like, mm-hmm. can can you men stand in the in the gap for her? And, which they did. Let me not. Take, yeah, but take that yeah. back because they did in the last episode. Let me not go too deep into it. But I'm just saying for that scene, walking the plank, it was like it would have made to me it would have made more sense for her to be in the middle. So if something did happen, they could hold her up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But oh, come on, I, come on, today. <laughs> oh, were you finished? Yeah, I'm done. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what? In a in a way. Because they didn't ask her, uh, tick like we're just gonna you, we're just gonna send you first. Uh, there's I have two ways of looking at that. Mm-hmm. Um, she's earned it, mm-hmm. and they trust her because she's clearly more fearless than the rest of them. Yeah. But the other way of looking at it is, oh, so she want it's like a punishment. Oh, so mm. she want to be here, be here. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because he tick was passive aggressive about God. that. Uh-huh. Yes. When they got in the in the um in the tunnel, yeah, and he says, I forgot what he said, but then he shined a light in her face, like you, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and I and I do think that so it's it's both ways. It's a it's a duality mm-hmm. of of looking at it where I don't like their relationship. Mm. I want to like their relationship because they are cute together. Yep. And the fact that, like, she said in the first episode, like, hey, I was a member of the Futurist Club. And, you know, so they have mm-hmm. history. And and I think that they could balance each other out a little. Mm-hmm. But he's forever, he's not communicative. Uh, he is a little patriarchal. Mm-hmm. He is, um, you know, I mean, the only, the first time I heard them being responsive, like, that's your girl, is through his father. He ain't never said get that. Mm-hmm. Like it was a conversation that was like, oh no, you know, like we're in a relationship. Yeah. And we're having, we're getting on each other's nerves right now. We have, a, we have a tip right now, but that's not what I saw at all. Mm-mm. I'm here because I will not have peace. Mm-hmm. This white woman came to my house. Mm-hmm. What does she want? So you like like again, this is not just about you, this doesn't just affect you. Right. And so you leaving or you having all the knowledge for you does not negate the fact that she gave me the money yeah. for this house. Mm-hmm. Which me. you knew about and didn't tell me. Yes. Mm-hmm. And you so you are leaving me exposed. Yeah. And who mm-hmm. So I, I don't you know, I don't really like that, you know, and I, I just thought about the history of violence. And then I thought, okay, what is violence really? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Come on. And looked up the definition for violence. Come on. And so, okay, 
And we have behavior involving physical force intended to hurt, damage, or kill something or someone with the synonyms roughness, ferocity, savagery, fierceness, cruelty, sadism, barbarity, brutishness, murderousness. What we see in that heaven. Forcefulness, the force. Um, then, then it also talks about uh, World Health Organization says the intentional use of physical force or power mm. threatened or actual against oneself, another person, or against a group or community, which either results in or has a high likelihood of resulting in injury, death, psychological harm, maldevelopment, or deprivation. Mm. He's violent toward her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because his father was violent towards him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, and I feel just to piggyback off of what you what you're saying is that also that's his way of showing love because mm-hmm. that's the way his father showed that he loved him was being like, I'm going to protect you even if it hurts, even if it hurts you, I'm going to protect you mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in a in a weird twisted way. Yeah, he did because he definitely taught him um, how he crushed his dreams. Like it's. When Mont when Montrose when Atticus was a kid reading these Lovecraft books and enjoying them, his dad took joy in telling him this man is racist and here's exactly why. It's like yes, that is the truth, and yes, he probably needed to know that. But for you to take such joy out of crushing this little boy's dreams is like what the fuck is going on with you? Um, yeah, no, with I'm, I'm with you. I think he is violent because one, you're showing me that you don't look at Letty as an equal. Because an equal would have been like, okay, look, this is what we're dealing with, and go from there. Like you're sitting on knowledge that, and that, and it took me, it took a while for that to sink in for me. Because I'm like, okay, yeah, he's trying to protect her about whatever. But this white woman can show up at my house, and had I not have called my connects that I have from my mother to bless this house, ain't no telling what could have happened. Mm-hmm. So. Mm. And it's not democratic at all because it was three of them. They got paper, rock, scissors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, all of those things, they didn't do it. You know what I mean? In the first episode when you were talking about um, Letty driving or, you know, mm-hmm. he had to tell him to put some respect on my name, call me Letty fucking Lewis. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she saved them because of white people with their lack of thinking that Sheriff was like, you know what, you run. Because mm-hmm. you're too smart. And George wasn't, was he there yet? No, he, well, you know. And no. so it was like, well, you go. No, he was there. But it was like, you go, because George is too old. Mm-hmm. This was too smart. So he yeah, he'll so leave us. Which yeah, shows. So you're just right. Yeah, what do you think and, about her? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it, it's it's like in one way, in one hand, she has a lot of agency. and But, you know, on the other hand, like you're looking at it, black women are always the first out there taking all the bunts and bruises for the men mm-hmm. lives. And that's also a statement in a word. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. And what is she getting in return? Yeah. Like, honestly, what? Like you took her virginity. Okay, cool. I'll, I'll say she allowed that, you know, she, she welcomed that. Cause it wasn't a, you know, stop, get off me. I'll, I'll give you mm-hmm. that. But outside of that, the money she got was tainted because now we know it comes from this white woman. My relationship with my sister is all fucked up because of this money. Like, yeah, what is she getting from? I, she won't peace of mind, hell. I, I I was resurrected and I've now talked to spirits. This is not right. the life I saw for myself as a little girl. So what? Yeah, what am I getting from this? Man. Mm, 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 mm. 
Woo! Um, shit. Uh, what are your thoughts on the elevator? So when we do see them go through the caverns and the water starts rising and the elevator appears, was that surprising at all to you guys? And if not, or if so, what, what do we make of that? Well, from, well, you know, I text you like, wait a minute, where did this elevator come from? <laughs> so for me, it was like, so they were just like around the corner from their house. Like, what is going on? I'm so confused now. But I, of course, this is all a magical, mystical world that they're living in underground. Mm-hmm. But I, I didn't, I guess for me, I was trying to figure out who, how did the elevator know to come down? Who person is that like the ancestor that helped in the lab because uh, when she seen the body of mm-hmm. one of the neighbors that was antagonizing her the whole last episode floating around in the water mm-hmm. and to know that she didn't put that body there mm-hmm. and then to know that someone is maneuvering this elevator it's like I'm sure I'm guessing that we'll get more information on that as the season goes on but yeah i wasn't expecting to see the elevator at all Mm. any any kind of tie into the situation that happened towards the end of the scene from last episode Mm -hmm. so yeah it threw me threw me for a loop for sure (laughs) i I have a question about that for you all Mm -hmm. um we do you do you think that the house is fully free of the spirits? Nope. N- no. I <laughs> no. Okay. So, okay, because the last episode, well, last week's episode, episode three, at the end, we did see the elevator go down. So who do you think that spirit is that took those bodies away and put it in that that cavern? Mm. So, Lisa, you want to say that? I can't say that I know who whose spirit it is, but I know that it's not of any of the it's a spirit of protection if for the people that live there now. It's not, um, I can't think of the evil doctor's name. Hi, hi, Hayward? Was that it? Hiram Epstein? Epstein, Epstein Hiram, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Because Christina asked her, How, uh, how'd you get rid of Hiram when she came to the house? So she knows that the house is now protected, mm-hmm. but I feel like there's another layer of protection that Letty... Nope, and it's I, not fully aware I got of a yet that is still in the house kind of <laughs> yeah. orchestrating or covering them as they go through all these different scenarios of just exploring what they need to, whatever they're, they're seeking. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I definitely feel like there's still a spirit in the house. And I'm just going to go out on a limb. I have no idea. I could be completely wrong. But I'm thinking that it's got to be one of the ticks. His grandmother, the one that helped lead him out of mm. the out of the castle, maybe mm. it's some family family member on his side that's doing things because maybe they're more familiar with the order mm. because she they were a descendant of it and maybe something got tried on. If it wasn't his mother, then maybe his mother's family somehow or another. That's all tied in together. That's Ooh. that's my so. Yes, you mean something? Oh, you about to. Go ahead. No, no, George. Think, were you thinking George? N- no, no. You continue. I'm gonna give you mine. You, you keep. You now keep going. I do because yes, now that you said that the Ouija board, yes, mm-hmm. which is dead. Yep. Maybe he was going to say something else, but I am here. Yeah. But you know, Diana was like, "Oh, you asshole!" Yeah. 
household. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I didn't think about that. I, and 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 with with your with that um theory, JJ, if we're doing the you know an eye for an eye or with with every death is birth or whatever, um, Letty essentially lived, and George didn't, so they could be tied together some spiritual because we know she can now you know functionally um at least communicate with the spirits um i think that's a really good theory Ooh, um i oh go ahead i'm thinking about it you think george unlocked that door and gave hippolyta that um it could possibly ordering? yeah i think i think it could have been him yeah if he if he's tied to um letty in that way and he's the one and yeah i think so i um i think so um, but I think it was her mother, um, mother. Letty's mother. Um, and I only say that because in the book they mentioned her, she wasn't around. And in the show they've mentioned her and how she wasn't a great mother. But just like the conversation from last episode, I think that when Letty made the comment that was, my mother was nothing if not thorough or something along those lines, when the ladies, um, um, put the spill on the house and, and killed the goat and whatnot. To me, again, I, I'll repeat this last episode, but I think to me that says nobody who is living this life of magic is, is what I do, voodoo or whatever, is going to let you play in their face. So even though Letty's mother may not have uh, biologically or through heredity been a spirit communing person, if you're gonna hustle people out of their money and you're you're working closely with somebody who is in this spiritual realm, I personally feel like that woman wasn't gonna let her play. And if you if this is a close friend who you can call on just because she knew your mother, I, I feel like her mom, the show might go a different route where her mom is actually alive in spirit form or something. I think George is a better idea, but I've I had in my head that her mom is the one. Um, but I think that George is probably a better theory yeah, in the mom. Yeah, I don't think mom. we're done with George at all. No. Mm-mm. He's definitely going to come back in some way, shape, or form. Hippolyta, she's going to go get her man. I'm going to say it now. <laughs> she going to Artem and she getting her man. Period. I just, I don't, yeah, yeah. Or with the orrery, you know, and the time machine, because they said that that was the key to the time machine. Oh, for sure. She and, could go. And if he, mm. and, and if, I mean, if somebody, if there was anybody who would understand the mm. cosmos, yeah. it's and her father. Yeah, definitely. Oh, um, if they take us back to episode one, if the, if she time jump and save her man, well, I am going what, to lose my mind. I, you know, but you know, it's interesting. I'm thinking about you know the the two the here we go with the duality then. <laughs> um, the two mystics or mysticisms or different belief systems that we have. Mm-hmm. And we have the Sons of Adam, then the Sorcery. And then we have the Orisha, um, like Mama Oya, who um, the priestess called on. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was on the outside of the house, which is why she couldn't go inside. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But um, the thing about that, um, that elevator and mm-hmm. the, the mm-hmm. signs, that there were symbols for the, the um, that was a different type of magic that was under the house, mm-hmm. like the sub-basement. Mm-hmm. Um, that as we saw is a different time and space. So I think that the black 
and the the African mythology of the Orisha, specifically Mama Oya, is it may be protecting the borders and the upside of the house, which they need. Cause mm-hmm. We saw that chalk outline; it's in black. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Of you know, which they they need, so those malevolent spirits cannot come in there and do them harm. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that doesn't, if, you know, I don't think that that would stop them from putting a another cross on their lawn. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, th- I do think that it's different things. And the one thing that we do know is that George read the bylaws. Mm-hmm. So he may, you know, there's a question there from what George actually read, mm-hmm. him taking the book, and him dying. Mm-hmm. So we don't know if Montrose did something. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking about murdering him, although Catch I just did him online. But um, maybe to preserve his spirit in some way. Mm. Maybe they tried to access it because you were really clear on something, Rain, and I want to like go through that line. What Letty pulled down, yep. that's natural lineal. Mm-hmm. That was her mama. That was a different magic. Mm-hmm. You know, they, I mean, that is a goddess, and, and she got a priestess. It was a completely different thing mm-hmm. using different mythology using different um different beliefs and, and skill set what these men are using is completely patriarchal through the blood of, of themselves yes right? mm-hmm. sons of adam and maybe they did something else which is you know another reason why it could be george mm-hmm. and there you know that also got them home mm. You know, I mean, and then I, I you know, we, we started this off talking about the literature and in the library, that little boy was reading Journey to the Center of the, Center of the Earth. Yes. And um, so I I haven't read the book. I've seen the movies. Mm-hmm. And basically it was three people. You had uh, the scientist who was more like Tick. Mm-hmm. You had Skeptic was more like Montrose, and then you, and then you had the um, their guide who was more like Letty. Yeah. In a lot of ways, but um, when they go to the volcano to go down inside, they do see some things that we see in the movies, like you know, um, they saw dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. They also encountered things like tornadoes and stuff like that, but they got expelled out in Italy. Like, not where they went in. Yeah. And they saw, like, different polarities or something else. So, it's almost like where they were underneath, there is something protecting them because Tick is of the blood. Yeah. That took them back home. I can send you anywhere, but I'm going to send you home. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I yeah. can see that. And I, I can see that with them. Because, yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I agree. Because that, that sub-basement... Opening up to that cavern, that then when they go down underneath that um, statue, you see mm-hmm. so many others. And because we know there's so many lodges, mm-hmm. I feel like they're from Boston. You can get anywhere in the world through those caverns if you, you know, got the right kind of blood. So, no, I agree. I agree. I have a question about that. Do you think that that police officer knows because of the way he questioned? Letty in the yep. car, yep. In, in the police van. Yes. Do you mm-hmm. think he knows yep. that there's a cavern there that, you know, that may hide artifacts or something? Yes. Oh, definitely. Mm-hmm. He, oh. He's probably been looking. 
for the same thing they have mm-hmm. through his men. And because first, the way he questioned Letty and the way he talked to Christina, the, the conversation that they had where he was like basically like, I know what you're looking for. It was almost like, I know what you're looking for. I'm looking for it too. And even if you find it, you can't use it anyway because you're a woman. So mm-hmm. let let me do my thing and stay out of my way. Mm-hmm. You know, the arms race yet again. Yeah. Yep, there we go. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And especially with the eight bodies being there, those eight skeletons, and him being the one who supplied those black bodies to that uh, terrorist. Yeah, I think he absolutely knows. But like Christina said, you she she said something like, "When did you um when did you get a lodge?" Something that was pretty much challenging his authority. Like no matter how hard you try, you'll never be a son of Adam. To me, that leads me to believe he's looking for something, maybe the Ori that could maybe because it, it feels like he isn't of the blood. So for him yeah. to join, he has to prove himself. That's what it feels like to me. And because it's like he has everything. He's just like Christina in the sense that his whiteness, his maleness gets him so far, but you're not of the blood. Whereas her, she is of the blood, but your womanness is what's preventing you. Like they're both just so far where Atticus has everything needed, even though he's not white. It's, yeah. These, these. And on top of the fact that I just mm-hmm. had to also point out is that the police officer probably doesn't have the money as well. True. Okay, because a part of that is that you have to be of a certain status. Mm. And here you are a local cop and you think that you're about to join mm-hmm. this group of, you know, of money with roles, like foreign cars and things yeah. like that. And you think you can just come in because because you you want to right she's kind of laughing in his face on that on that point as well like you don't even have like when she said the kkk is too poor to Mm -hmm. to be with us he's a he's a clansman yeah so it's like how how dare you even think you could run with the big dog right oh look what what you got jj Oh no, I I got I got the mm. yeah. <laughs> No, yeah, I I agree. I, okay, speaking of, let's hold there for a second. Um I think I have a few thoughts. When Christina was in his office and they was talking shit back and forth when we heard that moaning from someone locked up, mm-hmm. leads me to believe that it's another black person. Um what? because remember he was supplying black people for um Epstein and I, that my my mind went straight to a black woman or a um, older black man. I don't know. Don't ask me why. That's just where my head went. But I think he is maybe doing some ritual, some sacrifice, or something. I'm sure it'll be explained. But if you had access when Epstein was alive, and now that he's been dead, you don't. Where Letty might be the only way that you could get this access again. I, who's to say he's not looking for black bodies, mystical, magical black folks? Some kind of way, I think that's a black person locked up in his office. And that's that's my theory on that. <laughs> well, put it past him. It, yeah. It's, the question is to what end? Mm-hmm. I, I say a sacrifice of some sort. Some kind of... Because we haven't seen... Unless they double back in another episode and give us a bit of his story... History. Um, I don't. I don't see 
based off of what we've seen so far, unless there's somebody he maybe has had captive since Epstein was alive. Uh, maybe that's somebody that's given you some kind of leverage. Um, I don't know. I don't know. But fuck Or it. maybe it's one of Epstein's experiments that didn't mm. die. Mm. Ooh. Mm. And okay. he's been holding it captive because you know his office was behind a, like some, it was a hidden. Yeah, office. yep. Mm -hmm. So. You mean yeah. like lost from the Goonies? Something. Yep. Yep. Something like that. <laughs> JJ. Which would make sense for the Goonies, the, the feel, you know, that was one of the, the feels that you kind of had with this episode. Mm-hmm. I mean, ooh, this is a lot of listeners. Let us know what y'all think. God damn it. <laughs> Lovecraft <laughs> Aftermath shit. Look, we're going to figure this out. I'm sure we, yep. one of these is right. God damn it. One of these. <laughs> oh, we. Um, okay, so what I want to know is if the three of us have gone down in the basement and found a, a cave and got a map, when we on this ship and one of y'all reached for that map and this skeleton started coming to life, I'm gone. <laughs> Why oh, yeah. are we waiting for this person to come alive? <laughs> Why didn't they grab that map and run the fuck for the high hit? What was going on there? <laughs> the, I, fuck? the fact that they just stood there and just screamed and like, huh, huh, huh. like everyone's like waiting to see what happens. Like it's coming alive. It's time for us to run. Uh, what are we still doing here? But I, you know what though? Have you ever been in a situation where something is so bizarre and yeah. paralyzes you? Yeah. No. I, I, I have. Oh, I, JJ. I, no. That. I, you know, I think I, I, I'm old, so I got that self-preservation. If I ain't got no business around these parts. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I guess. Mm. <laughs> I have been like, not nothing that, nothing right. close to me. <laughs> but I have been in a situation where it's so unreal that you're like frozen. Yeah. So I, I, that's the only thing I can. Think but of. I, ooh, I don't know if that'd be me in this instance. I'm, I'm taking this map and we going. I don't. I just. I mean, of course they had to stay for the show, but like, good lord, they should have been gone. Made them come. I would have made Yahima yep. come to the door. Like, hello? She would have to chase me. Yeah. Where go? That. Cause and I would have come back. Like, oh, you talking? Like, what's up? Okay. Who? Like, mm. So, okay. Um, have have you guys both seen Harry Potter? Yeah. The uh, which, only the first one. Okay. So there's that. I don't think this. I think this. The parcel tongue thing was the second or third one. I know we as the audience were able to understand Yahima, um, but they made it so like Atticus, because of Titus blood and whatnot, was able to understand her where uh, Letty and Montrose didn't. But I think that confused me a little because she was speaking English or they were speaking English because this is a uh, two-spirit person. I'm not even sure of the right terminology. I don't want to say the H word because I think that might be derogatory um, unless that's scientific, but this person has two two sets of, a set of genitalia each. Um, this is a two-spirit person, which, side note, I kind of hope, not kind of, I do hope 
this is natural and this isn't CGI and a prosthetic because I'm all for representation. Let this person get their check. But getting back to the show, um, I think with them speaking English really threw me, even though they were speaking some other language that only Atticus could understand. Like, did, it, did y'all have the same reaction or is it just me? Or well, I it... felt like with the with the two languages, it kind of made it like I get what you're saying with Harry Potter. When Harry Potter started to speak like Slytherin mm-hmm. talk or whatever, that it kind of mm-hmm. made it more like, oh my gosh, what? Yeah. what is he doing? How does he how does he know this language? And then when Harry Potter realized nobody else yeah. knew, like no one else knew the language, or he didn't even hear himself change. Mm-hmm. His, his tone i think that would have kind of brought a little bit more to the scene but i feel like since they were at the tail end yeah that okay. they were like you know what we don't have time to break this down <laughs> this is what's being said let's let's get to the meat of it yeah okay that, yeah that makes sense oh oh jj what's 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 up this yeah this what's up what you got for me uh, this, i struggle with this mightily okay and the reason why I struggle with this is because, again, with my duality, there's two minds of looking at this. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Montrose, when Yahima reanimated mm-hmm. and said, what are you? Fair, because you were one thing. Yeah, no, no, yeah, that's what I got, yeah. And then you came back to life fully fucking, <laughs> You know, like, are you mad? Like, what that's is how it? I took it, yeah. But I think, and here's the other side of it, had Yahima not been naked, mm-hmm. then the what are you would have, I think, yes. about you were yes. a corpse and now you're not. Yeah. You're right. Rather than I'm looking at your nakedness and I'm asking you what you are. Okay. That okay. didn't sit right with me. So okay. why nakedness? And I think that that if Yahima reanimated and whatever clothing was still there, mm-hmm. you know, was there, even if it was rags, but yeah. still enough to cover it. Where I'm more interested in in how this how this is possible. Yeah. Right. Then. then um, the basic nature mm-hmm. of it all, but in terms of when I'm not, now that I can see you, tell you what's up, what's up, you know. Yeah. Like, um, the second thing is, well, the who are you? Yes, it was Yahima, but you talked about two spirits. Mm-hmm. Two spirit has, uh, so you know, I looked it up, <laughs> and uh, I'll just read it briefly. Sadly, it's from Wikipedia, but I checked the source, and it's okay. Uh, the two spirit was the term two spirit was created in 1990 at the Indigenous Lesbian and Gay International Gathering in Winnipeg, and specifically chosen to distinguish and distance Native American First Nation peoples from non-Native peoples. Hmm. The primary purpose of coining a new term was to encourage the replacement of an outdated and considered offensive anthropological term. Now it's like word dash. Mm-hmm. Uh, while this new term has not been universally accepted, it, it, yeah, it has been criticized as a term of erasure by traditional communities who already have their own terms mm. for the people being grouped under this new term. Yeah. 
and by those who reject what they call the Western binary implications, mm. such as implying the natives believe their individuals are both male and female, is generally seen more accepted than use an anthropological term and replace. So the thing about it is, this Yahima is not Native American. Mm. Yahima is from Guyana, mm-hmm. like the land of many waters, I believe. Mm-hmm. And so, to use this term mm-hmm. that has issues from other populations for erasure is problematic. Yeah, okay. Um, and again, you could have just gotten, you know, I'm all for representation too. Mm-hmm. Still could have talked about this is who I am, this is what, and, and this is why I was brought here. Mm-hmm. But not focus so much on the genitalia. The physical. Mm-hmm. And so, especially when you're already using a, a term yeah. that's yeah. problematic. So it's, it's like we got some colonization and oppression going on that's just been multiplied. Mm. And, and even with how Montrose approached the whole situation to so the otherness yeah. of Yahima. And um, the other thing, I mean, just even the the scene of, look, just take it and run. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and not respecting what was there. Mm. You know, was there and what was going on. And especially since uh, well, well, Montrose, he went away to negotiate with the security guard, but um, Letty and mm-hmm. went around those um, those exhibits and know what was done and know what was said. Mm. Montrose knew from reading the book, like, oh yeah, this was three years after he went there, so we know that he stole. We know you know mm-hmm. what he did. Mm-hmm. You know what was done, and you your first impulse was, what? Well, let's do it too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but isn't that how things are? If we think about it now, mm. how people are, who are oppressed feel power by oppressing other other yeah. people you know yeah. so it, it kind of speaks to how how society is today where everyone depending on who you are is, is trying to trying to exert some sort of power over someone else mm-hmm. to feel powerful mm-hmm. absolutely mm-hmm. and I, I won't i won't i won't dig too far into this yeah because we could go 24 <laughs> hours on Anybody listening, if you want to hear more about what Talisa is saying, check out Paulo Freire's Pedagogy of the Oppressed. Mm-hmm. Breaks it down. Okay, and I'll actually put that in the show notes. Make a note to do that so that, um, yeah, so you can check it out. Yeah, we might do that for a book club, yeah. Um, yeah. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm with you all completely. I was unaware of the two-spirit, the actual term being... Um, problematic, and so I'll definitely try to maneuver, uh, educate myself a bit more. Um, Going back to Yahima's introduction, I agree wholeheartedly that they should have been clothed, or at the very least, shown from behind the desk and then assembling clothes, because Montrose's question, I think, had it have been given, like, had they been clothed then the question posed. I feel like it's it's, it's the 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 series in which those um, things happened. 
Like if he had have been maybe asking, yeah. So I'm with me being um, queer myself. My mind went for your first thought, JJ, which was you just turned back into a human. What the fuck are you? But I'm not thinking that everyone doesn't have that lived in experience. So it could very well be the graphic nature of seeing you completely nude, where that's not even where their mind went. So that I 100% agree there. Um, yeah, Yahima should have been for all the talking back and forth about I don't know your spirit and what Titus did and their people and how you know he trapped me with these people with my people. Yeah, there could have been a bit more lines devoted to <coughs> what they what Yahima actually is. Um, and, and oh, just no, no, go ahead. It could have been just a switch of the words instead of saying "What are you?" saying "Who are you?" Mm-hmm, they mm-hmm. did, and that could have changed the whole dynamic of what if Montrose was wasn't looking at the physical and was just trying to figure out what's going on. Mm-hmm. That would have made the difference between the scene. Mm-hmm. Let's see. He did take so Montrose asked what, and then Tick asked who. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Both, and I thought that wasn't. If you wanted to show Yahima new, you could have shown it from the from the back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, because of that case, well, pull him out, tick. You know, I mean, I mean, so mm. it's it's just. Especially with the way it ended, the okay. way that, like, Yahima was introduced and like five minutes later, we got that very yeah. graphic and I think very unnecessary cliffhanger. Like, it fucked me up. Um, but, but can we go back a little bit? Go ahead. Even before that, Yahima lost yes. Yahima's voice. Mm. And the way in which... Tick chose to address that by clocking. Yeah. What? Mm. I mean, so it was just violence upon violence upon violence dealt upon Yahima, where did Yahima ever get any agency? At no. No. Maybe in that first couple seconds of being reanimated, being able to tell your story, but. Yeah, this was all intents and purposes a magical Negro. You got us from one point to the next, and you were <laughs> literally a magical person. Like it wasn't. It, it was sensory overload for me towards the end. I was happy to see Yahima, and I was happy to see what we got. But like after the credits rolled, that was a lot to take in for you to go so extreme with Yahima's ending. I don't care that Montrose knows stuff that people don't know and he's protecting whoever. At this point, this person has been through hell for centuries and then Mm -hmm. you slit their throat? What kind of cliffhanger is that? And just 
to add is that most of the episodes don't end on cliffhangers like that. Mm. The other episodes, there was some sort of conclusion that was like, okay, so the next episode is going to lead into, it wasn't as, as detrimental, or yeah. I don't know if that's the correct word. Brilliant. It wasn't as just gut-wrenching as the way, just slitting her throat with no explanation, and the, the way that he kind of put his hand on his shoulder, tried to comfort her for two seconds, mm-hmm. and then kill her, or kill I don't know the right terminology, so I don't want to say her. No, you're. I thought it would be them, but yeah. Go ahead. To do that, it was just like, okay. (laughs) And then to not even know how much, how much information we're gonna get in the next episode as to why he did it, Mm -hmm. because in the the previews it doesn't really give that much like information on how they responded to his actions. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's almost like bridging. It's not the same. Yeah. And bridging is a concept in comic books where the female, a female character is killed or raped or murdered or something. Some horror mm-hmm. has come to her as motivation for the hero to do, to take action. Mm-hmm. And it was, and what I saw was harm had to come to propel the story. That's the action. Okay. And it just, the way that it happened, I mean, if anything, what I got was two things. Native people have have been dealt, in, or indigenous people, have been dealt atrocity after atrocity with no respite, even mm-hmm. if people seem to be on their side or yeah. not. Um, and then the other thing that I saw from that is that sometimes a monster is in your own house and in your own yeah. Nah, and that's say the that of it all. But I mean, but even and I think those two things could have happened, but it just it's like you said, it just didn't sit right with me, and it still doesn't for a show that I truly respect and admire mm-hmm. to use this person as a vehicle. Yeah, it's way. I need. I need. I. I definitely going to need for them to start. But you know, this isn't the first time that they have really dropped the ball. Um, one, you could have easily sprinkled in hints about Yahima throughout the whole first part of this episode. But also, if we remember Marvin, he was a handicapped person who was visually. He was an impaired person who had a physical. Um handicapped in the book but you replace him and though again i know he's a minor character on the show he only had like maybe two scenes but if we're giving um access to other types of people on this show and trying to do a good job he should have been cast correctly that that's so i I say all that to say that this show isn't above mistakes and, and don't mistake my love for it as a way to like wash over the things that they get wrong. Cause I'm with you that to, to bring Yahima back to life, to go through all this bullshit and to, to be slain in the way that they were, you not to say it would have been better, but you could have put a pillow over this motherfucker's head or something like that. It's something that wasn't so I, you could have not had it happen at all. We already can't talk to this motherfucker. They speak, Sirenese or something, and we out here decoding the Book of Adam. But you, <sighs> I, I 
think that it goes to to Montrose's secret. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what my problem is. I mean, we're doing character development through the sacrifice of another person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Montrose not wanting. So Tick was saying, hey, we should teach Yahima English because Yahima can uh, translate the Book of Adam and, you know, and maybe we can get somewhere. And that, that somewhere, whatever that place is, yeah. is a place that Montrose is there to stop. Uh-huh. And, or you know, or there to to massage or manage in some way, and so if Tick has this other resource outside right. Montrose, then that you can't threat. control the narrative. Mm-hmm. You can't control it, and so I understood, you know, again, it's like on one hand, you know, from from that perspective, I understood it. I just like why that person like. Would I be tripping the same way if this was a white boy? Hell no. no. <laughs> I would yeah. not. But and then to slice the throat is a silencing thing. After yeah. you already took the voice, mm-hmm. becoming a siren. Yeah. It's just the. It's just like it just doesn't sit right. I'm thinking, ooh, I just wanted more sensitivity because you do want representation mm-hmm. to see. Them, it's it's almost like the black person in the traditional court. Yep. They gonna say it. Say mm-hmm. it. So mm-hmm. I, I I wanted them to turn that trope on its head to mm-hmm. want to honor instead of it being um like your life you have no agency. I wanted them to flip it and honor them. And you know what? And that for a second, I thought they were going to. When he walked over to Yahima, I thought my mind immediately went to, this is a lover of his. He knows Yahima. He was putting on when they were in the, the boat or whatever, and that he actually knows this person intimately. Because the way in which he, and I still may think that, because it's one thing for y'all to save me, and we all fine and good. And now you gave me this room. We can't communicate, but you can pick up on body language. He was very soft with Yahima. He was very um, personal and intimate. This touch on the shoulder, this leaning down, even this saying, I'm sorry, instead of just like slicing their throat open. It felt to me very much like, oh, this is someone I have relations with, or this is someone I know even if not intimately like sexual, romantically, or some kind of way, because specifically JJ speaking, thinking about the book and Ida and Hippolyta and all that, who's to say that he didn't spend time with Yahima before or a version of? I still think he was too intimate with Yahima before murdering them for it to just be, I'm silencing you only because you're another resource. Like, you might expose something about me that I don't know. Or, like, it, it felt too... He he know Yahima. He know. Mm-hmm. So that's that's where I'm at. That's where he... Look. Ugh. Which makes it even worse, because it's like, the... the Whatever the the your your loved one, if, if we're going to go off the theory that they did have some connection, is the person who betrays you the hardest this man and took your voice and then um what is it the story and this may be reaching a bit but the true story of the little mermaid from the grim story tale where this motherfucker did body modification to make themselves more beautiful more um 
palatable or, or whatever to this other to this man. Like all of that, it wasn't no let me sing a song and get my king. It was let me butcher my body to be close to this. It, mm. Oh, I'm I don't know. I don't know, y'all. <laughs> no. I mean, let's say that you're right, and they were intimate in some way. Is this how you show your love through violence? Yeah. Yeah. What happened to, at, to Tick's mom then? If that's the case, what happened yeah, to Yeah, what, what happened to Tick's mama? They ain't never said mm. anything that she was dead. Yeah. So, I don't know. He's probably, he's the villain. He's probably, I wouldn't put it past this show for him to be that villain in waiting. Like, he is, he, though he's there helping along, they gonna do a little, little, little plot twist and we find out him and Sam went to high school together or something. I don't know. Like, <laughs> they, ain't no way that he's just, you know, regular let me save my kid. You got too many secrets, man. Or maybe they were lovers, him and Sam. I, I can see that. I, I don't even care. I can see that. You got the, because shit, Titus, uh, however, brutally laid with that, uh, with Hannah. So, who the Well, they you? said Titus was notoriously kind. Nobody said that about mm-hmm. me. Mm. True. Mm. Ish. Ooh, yeah, this man. Oh God. Um, what? What? How we feeling? How we? Uh, how we feeling? <laughs> I, I'm gonna say I'm glad we saved Ruby for last. Yes, go ahead. Get get into it. Get into it. Uh, I, Talisa, do you want to start? No, you go first. What can we say about? Woo. Um. I think that she is an interesting character to have mm-hmm. because of her beliefs. Crane, uh, I think you said something about um, Letty and her the color of her skin. Yes. And I, I think it was purposeful. Um, and I think uh, some of the questions that I had with this with the storyline is obviously there is a age difference. Yeah. Between mm-hmm. Marvin and Letty, and then also between Ruby and Letty. Mm-hmm. And I'm not entirely sure how much of an age difference, mm. but by the way that they were, fin- Ruby and Marvin were financially supporting Letty, I think it was a significant age difference. Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think, so almost so they... they as Ruby said last year, I, we just thought you were a fuck up. But I think that Letty had or operated with a sense of freedom mm, that yeah. uh, that her brother and sister don't have. Mm-hmm. And it's easy to, to say it's because of your skin color, but it could also be because you were just a baby. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and mama was tired. Yeah. I know that I had two sets of kids. And I like the first set. I, I we jokingly talk about like I slept like under the bassinet <laughs> <laughs> and stuff. But the first four, by the time number six came, I was like, "You be all right," you know. It was just <laughs> it's like you you just get to the, the, a difference where you're like you know, but before you're like, oh, they breathing, you like, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. they stop breathing for a few days. That'd be okay, you know. It, it's it's. I think that maybe she benefited from Mama is tired. Yeah. Also, and so there, and we talked about her. Well, she talked about her abandonment. Uh, like where she came back, but she was yeah. 
but she clearly had a lot of space to herself. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And I don't know if there was anybody who could who stood in the gap for her besides Marvin and Ruby, but um, there's there's a difference in in how she looks out for herself because she does understand that somebody like somebody can leave me and be gone. Um, but having said all that, to bring it back to Ruby, is Ruby was thinking of she's respectability politics. Yes. All day. Mm-hmm. And it's like like, you know, all that free stuff, all that radical foolishness that them other people go on about, I can't do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I need to do one thing and if, if if I and she's very much thinking about the meritocracy, if I um if I put my head down at work so they'll notice me and mm-hmm. yeah. if I if I follow all the rules. You know, if I play the game and the game is rigged, mm-hmm. which is something that Montrose said yes. to Nick, yes. this is a game and the game is rigged. Mm-hmm. But you have um, Ruby thinking like, no, maybe not. Jeez. And even though she, she is not to say that she doesn't understand because she saw that cross burning. She knew what mm-hmm. it was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She took those those guns away. She knows. But it was after an act of somebody not following the rules. Yes. Mm-hmm. Which I am going to do the opposite of that, and I should be rewarded. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting to have that type of person in there that's like not revolution, mm-hmm. but it's all about the status quo and mm-hmm. like using the tools. I know that lots of people have suggested reading Audre Lorde's on the tools of the master's house. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in it, just briefly, they, they talk about what Audre Lorde talks about um, it may get you up far, but it won't get you where you want to be. True. Yeah, it won't get you ahead. No. Because you, yeah, I, I've I've heard, I haven't read it, but I've heard like a summary of it, and mm-hmm. definitely I heard that. And well, hold on, I didn't. I'm sorry, I didn't even cut you go, off. <laughs> go for it. Go for it. Well, I just noticed that, like, to kind of put it into how things are today with all the police brutality that's going on and how you have some black people who say well if you just do what they say if you just comply Mm -hmm. if you don't talk back if you just because the the objective is to go home yeah right and i feel like ruby is is that where she feels like if i do everything the right way and if i say speak how they want me to speak if my resume is the way it needs to be because I've been working on my resume yep. hard, and I know that I'm I'm gonna have everything that I'm gonna have everything they need to to be the model employee. Mm-hmm. Then I'll get rewarded with the job. So I just I don't know when just hearing her talk, I always think about that person who's always like, if you just put if if that person just wouldn't have talked back, then mm-hmm. they wouldn't have gotten killed. If they didn't walk to the car when the police said stop, they wouldn't have they wouldn't have gotten shot, you know? Mm. So. And it's, 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 it's a hard place to, it's a hard space to be in. Mm-hmm. Because when you fully realize that the game, that's their game, it's not yours. Yeah. The goal, po- the, the, the goal post move. And it's just, it, it's, you know, I mean, woof, it's just a hard, hard realization. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. in order to, kind of make it through is a hope in that well if this is something that's achievable right this is yeah. something that i have yeah. control over i have control over my tongue 
Mm-hmm. I have control over my feet, you know, stuff like that. So maybe if I exercise this control, then they'll see. But it also, that's an otherness because it's also like I'm not one of those. Yeah, pick me. Yeah. And that's a, and you know, and it's just like, okay, but what's wrong with those Negroes? I mean, it's, it's, it's a shifting in thinking and it's, it's interesting to see her, you know, and then so everything, and she blamed Letty. So she goes to the Marshall's store. She, she's dressed to the nine mm-hmm. and she sees a colored girl and she's like, it's over for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. it's just like, it never, and she's like, I already know they ain't going to be two. It's only going to be one. Right. And it's her. And then to, and then to find out that, Oh, I just did it on a whim where we know yep. that Ruby had been applying for years. Mm-hmm. What no whim for her. Mm-hmm. And I wondered if it was about body type. I, that's where my mind went. That's exactly yep. where my mind went. Yeah. I, I mean, Ruby is a gorgeous woman who knows how to dress and dress well. But she ain't stick thin. And, no. and that thin girl didn't dress as nice. Her hair wasn't as nice. Mm-mm. She, yeah. But yeah, that's where my mind went. That's exactly. and, I wonder, and I wonder if that is something that she also has to deal with being looked over. So when when William approaches her at the bar and, you know, and she's like, I know what it is that you want. Men have approached me for that. Yes. Yes. You know, and I thought, well, that's interesting. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because she, it wasn't like she was opposed to men approaching her for sex. Mm-hmm. And I know what white men want. They come over here too. So it's like, wait, mm-hmm. how, what, how far is your acquiescing going? Are are you acquiescing to pleasure for pleasure's sake? Like with William, I mean, he wasn't even spitting that game that good. Yeah. I mean, if you looked at him, he almost looked bored like, girl, yeah. Yeah. Can, this, can this liquor just do his job <laughs> so we can... Yes. Or is that, or so is it pleasure for pleasure's sake, or or is it transactional? Like I don't know. So I'm gonna stop. I don't. I, I think it's I think it's slightly yeah, but when you look at Letty, which let's look at um Journey. Journey is a mixed race woman. Her dad's white, right? Or he's mixed? Mm-hmm. Some kind of way. So my question now is: Is Letty? biracial in the show as well as her father a white man is he a son of adam or something um i say all that because if we're looking at body types and we're looking at how she's however beautiful and put together still only gets so far and with these respectability politics attitudes that you have it, it puts me in the mind of and this may be very extreme but like the man who is this all-time powerful kind of lawyer businessman but then your kink fetish is you know, dressing up as a baby and being dominated because you always spend so much time as this one personality type. Is it the same with Ruby where you're die hard, follow the rules, get ahead, do what you're supposed to do, that when it comes to comparing yourself, because that's what I got from the first episode when Letty popped up with that camera, is that she wasn't too happy Letty was there stealing that shine oh, away yeah. from her. So now is it, if a white man is coming in and they come in all the time, yeah, they could be with a light-skinned girl, but she is, for all intents and purposes, closer to white women when I'm giving me a four-figure black, uh, dark-skinned woman. So that's the way it read to me, is that though I'm diehard, do follow the rules, do what you need to do, X, Y, Z, 
when it's time to let my hair down, I am I I have access to the one thing that my sister probably never would, or or that can give me. I know what I'm dealing with. Instant gratification. We gonna fucking ask that. Now, come be wrong, but I you know, that's just the way it seems to me. And me being dark skinned and having my own living experiences, that's what to me that's the, the first place my mind went. So, like I said, I could be wrong, but I think it's shit. You here? Let's do what we're gonna do. It might be an exchange of funds. It might not be. Um, but yeah, he bought that liquor. You know, and she said, I could buy my own liquor. So maybe it is purely for the let's let's do it. But I don't know. So, I don't know. Well, uh, you know, based on what you said, I mean, maybe some of the anger and resentment is because in respectability politics, maybe she's thinking, well, Eddie, you have all of these opportunities that I have. Mm-hmm. Yep. So oh. well, when I saw Letty come in, I thought that it was more or less kind of what it was. You here because you need something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, oh, here we go. You know, yep. and even like, and she knew it when she saw her outfit and she said, you don't have one stocking. She said, you can't even afford stocking. Mm-hmm. Letty was kind of like, I don't know, but that's exactly what it was. She mm-hmm. needed the money and she showed up, you know, once again, you know, like needing me to take care of her when she has everything within her to take care of herself and do it better. Yeah. You know, you know, because there there would be doors open for her that's not even open to to Ruby. Squandering mm-hmm. them out of selfishness or whatever else whatever it is that she was doing with herself, of which we don't know. I think she's an activist. Yeah. There's that and I think it's also interesting that um Letty in her introduction said, you know, we haven't sung together in our ch- since our church days, and those days are long gone. Yeah, she was the virgin, and Ruby, who who seems to be Miss Fuss Proprietary, mm-hmm. was on the stairs with a white man. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. you know, okay, and it's like not, it, it's, I, didn't, I think it says something about sexuality and sexual power. Yeah. And, and I'm just wondering, uh, you know, it's just it's a it's just interesting to me, and how far they will go with that in the development of the story with Ruby. Yeah, is this really a relationship? I mean, and with whom is this relationship? We know it's William, but is it William? It's Christina. I think it is. Right. And what's up with that? I I yeah. think Christina gonna do what she need to do to get the job done. And, and she, because even his mannerisms, the way he looked at her at that bar, I'm just picturing her big Disney princess eyes making the same facial expressions, saying the same stuff. I think Christina is probably more like fluid than anything, because it's now it's the means to an end. She's she's not in love with Ruby. William ain't in love with Ruby. He just met her. Yeah. So it's. I just want to ask this question to the both of y'all. I'm gonna really shut up. Uh, <laughs> why did he suck her blood? I, I, I there's power in the blood. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. <laughs> there's power in the blood, and I think that was more or less like a trust thing. Like, yeah, we here, we fucking around, we playing around, but you're hurt. You gave me an example of you being hurt. I'm here to take care of you. It's like I'm following through on what I said. How would you? What did he say? 
how would you like it if I could give you everything you want? Some shit like that. I feel like that was a trust exercise, and it was just a happy accident. I, that must yeah, I bad. think that was like a thing. Like I got you. Yeah. We don't we don't even need a we don't even have to go get a towel. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm clean this up right now. Yes. Because I thought like, oh, I mean, I thought it was like, oh, you nasty, nasty. And I mean, that's yeah. too. <laughs> no, that too. But yeah, I mean, because yeah, she kept talking about yeah, you know, white boy, it ain't gonna happen. White boy. Mm-hmm. How many other white boys and sucked your blood and fucked the? Mm-hmm. How many other white boys sucked your blood and slept with you? So, you know, that, mm, he he set himself apart. <laughs> So, oh no, that's that's what I think. I think it's um, yeah, I think it was a a trust thing. Like, you know, believe me when I say I can provide these things for you. So, you know, then this is a little appetizer or preview of what I'm able to do. So, yeah. the only thing he showed that he could provide is some liquor and a dick. Ah, I didn't let him say that. <laughs> and she and he said that's what you need right now. Look. <laughs> We're going to see the morning after. We're going to see. But, yeah. <laughs> yes. I'm ready for the morning after, JJ. Um, because we know. And I'm sure. Okay. How about this? Um, Talisa, what do you, having not read the book and everything that happens specifically with Ruby, do you have any predictions on what's coming next? Or do you see some things? or? Well... I, okay, full disclosure, my sister has started reading the book. Okay. She told me Ruby's okay. story. Okay, so you know it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And so, I, from what I know, I don't want to, I guess I don't want to spoil yeah, it not. for people who haven't read the book or to say what it is, but I know that we're definitely going to dive into Ruby's story. <sighs> and I feel like, even though he is promising her something that she wants, there's an ulterior motive oh, there. Yes. Mm-hmm. And what that is, I'm not sure. And I told my sister, I'm like, well, did he get Ruby, is he getting Ruby pregnant for some reason? Well, is there Look, no. a reason why he wanted to sleep with her so bad? And then that's when she's like, okay, let me just tell you Ruby's story. So then, mm. but I still think that somehow or another Ruby is going to get pregnant. See, okay, because I thought Letitia was going to be pregnant. I still think she she's pregnant now. Well, I think her too. But wouldn't that be something where Letitia is pregnant with Atticus's child and Ruby is pregnant with William's child and then it's like a... You got the most powerful babies because you got yeah. the, the, the tightest stuff. You got the, the brave wife, whatever. And then mm-hmm. you also have whatever motherland, oh, and I'm saying this not to be dismissive, but just to put a name to it, whatever black, voodoo, motherland, mm-hmm. Caribbean, uh, like, so you have, again, duality. You got that, that, that white wizardry, and you got that black magic. So, I can see it. I can see <laughs> Get them all pregnant. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. I, ooh, that, that bothers me. Um, when we... One of the things that historians, black historians, have said about enslaved enslavement mm-hmm. that when uh, white slave owners 
raped their enslaved women. That was a business decision. Mm. Uh-huh. You know, because of what the baby, because of the labor and what they could do with the children. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's just, it's weird because it's, it's like, okay, Letty and Tick, if she was to conceive, that's not necessarily, that was an act, that, that would be a loose baby. Yeah. Uh-huh. But this baby, I mean, this, this Samuel Ruby baby would be planned for what the baby could provide, and that's weird. Yeah. And that's unsettling a little. Um, ooh, I didn't think about that. I did, I did not think that he was trying to um, sure. impregnate her at all. I didn't either. That, and so, like, ooh, so you, see, you know, you know, you, <laughs> you can get me something to think about. Cause I, I thought, what I thought it was, was a could I'm going to give you a reason to keep me around. Mm-hmm. You know, that, you know, that's, um, I, I, I want access to you. Cause I think it was obvious to CJ that he sought her out. Yeah. I want access to you, but mm-hmm. I have to give you a reason to keep me around. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so, cause you know, otherwise what I want won't, happen if you're like oh no no if you start treating Um, me like tree then then i'm not going to have my goal met right but i mean pregnancy but they can do both they can do her storyline and because of the way the book ended you know we weren't i don't want too happy about that but if we get the exact same storyline but in addition she's pregnant then it's also like thinking very carefully about what i'm saying when you give birth what what is that baby going to look like mm-hmm. you know because there's that duality again like mm-hmm. you know we blonde hair blue eyes is we letty looking like what are we what are, you know so yeah oh man damn that is a lot to think about yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I did not think that at all neither me neither me Ooh. Ooh. Now you, you really got me thinking to Lisa, like, oh, Lord. <laughs> yeah, I, that was the first thing I thought. One, I knew he wanted to get inside the house because mm-hmm. Christina couldn't. And then I was like, was he trying to get her pregnant for some reason? Wait, wait, wait. No, no. That's the, where they were? I thought, that, I thought that she moved. No, no, no. I did not think that they did were. she move? No, no. Well, because she left the house last week because she was mad because of, because, um, but, Ruby thought that. Right. But I thought she was at, she came back to the house. Mm-mm. When? Hold up. Did I miss that? No, well, I only say no because we we know specifically in the book what you know what where they where this happened. So that's I don't that because that foyer didn't look like because that lady's house. No, no, no. Wait. Oh shit. Was it? I don't know. All I, I, I didn't just Lord, Talisa, you might be right. Shit, I gotta go back to one. Yeah, because all I noticed was the stairs. And I did think, that, that's not that. She not back there, so, oh, oh, oh. Now, it's hey, one Wait of, a minute. <laughs> she got all the mortars in the house. And that's what made it weird. That's why I thought maybe he was trying to get her pregnant, because for you to do that on the steps. And I, because when I was watching it, I was telling my husband, like, what if somebody come down while they doing this? I, yeah, I gotta go back and watch. I don't, I don't think that was because the stairway didn't it go up to the left and the right? It, oh, 
I'm so confused. Yeah, I'm gonna go back and watch because if that's if that is um, Letty's house, then that's definitely a power move to get. Hmm. But but JJ, you know how in the book we we know the space in which Ruby occupied, like physically, was her home place. So I'm thinking, okay. We gotta get this next episode because I'm 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 you got me questioning now. Shoot. <laughs> I mean, you know, she she was caterwauling. I mean, my goodness. Really? Yeah, and maybe it was closer. Maybe Letty's place was just closer to the bar, and it was like, hey, I know a place. I'll take you there. <laughs> wow. Okay. Okay. Well, shit. I'm interested to see how this how, how do they how do they remix her story because it ain't gonna happen the same way. It's just not. It's not. Um, yeah. Yeah. Whew. Okay, y'all. Oh, shit. Uh, let's get to the, to, to the fun stuff. Um, who, was, who was our favorite for this episode? Who we got as MVP? Okay. Well, I'm going to be controversial and say Montrose was my favorite character. Oh, okay. Any reason why? Well, because... I don't. I didn't like what he did, mm. and the the emotion that I felt by the end of the episode mm-hmm. was so strong that I was like, okay, yeah. I don't know, because I'm I'm always I'm Team Letty all day, mm-hmm. but for for me to know that there's so something behind what he's doing, and maybe it's just I'm more like. My actor, my favorite actor of yeah. the episode, but I know, I, I, well, my favorite is Montrose. I can't completely explain why, but yeah. he was my favorite for okay. this episode. Yep, that checks out. That's fine. Uh, what about you, JJ? Uh, you know what? You When you said it was controversial, I was like, well, actually, that was the first person I thought of, but <laughs> I was like... I, I can't get past the last scene. Mm-hmm. So in turn, he definitely is the one I'm most interested in, mm-hmm. and the one I'm watching. Like I'm a good eye on you. <laughs> in terms of favorite, I was going to say D. Mm, okay. But, um, she made sure everybody knew. My mama named this comment, mm-hmm. and, and just the pride in her voice. Like, listen, you ain't get your credit. I'm gonna give it to you. Sure you that's right. And okay. I just thought that was the sweetest thing. Mm-hmm. You know, could do. And, and her mom is about to leave her in the danger. So, oh, Lord. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we. Well, mine was Tree. It's <laughs> like, so I just like, I just like, <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Um, mine, it, honestly, it was between Christina and Hippolyta. And when it come down to them two, I, I have to default to Hippolyta. Only because she's so different from in the book, well, her story at least. And that last scene of turning around and following that map to Artem, that had, though I was excited about everything, that was the thing that, even with me having read the book, made me more excited for the next episode. Because I want to know, what happens between now and then? How, how are you a mortal with no knowledge of this mystical shit, with your daughter by your side, this comic book girl, going to get your... Like, that's... That final U-turn, that's what sold me. It was like, okay, it's her. 
she's my favorite. Like, she, yeah. Hippolyta. Oh, but Christina, though, if, if this Christina William thing is as we think it is, she's really close. She's a, she's the number two. Um, what about scene? What was your favorite scene in this episode? see that um whew. um for me it's them being underground specifically after going over that plank everything from them getting through the plank right until they went back into the elevator because like them that underground is so claustrophobic we find out that they're underneath this woman's house like there's so much in that span there's there's a conversation there's an argument there's this you know sing a song for your woman there's this uh Letty being the one to get the map. There's this chaos from you taking this dead siren who just reanimated with you up to the surface. It's like so much in the span of them being underground for however long that was. That was my favorite part in them tunnels. Whew. So, okay, y'all. We've, we've made it. <laughs> Do we have any final thoughts, predictions, comments, concerns? Anything? No, well, I don't have any. I don't want to even too much predict. I know it's going to be Ruby's story. So uh -huh. I'm just excited to see what comes of that. And um, I think I said my prediction. I take that back. I said my prediction is that I feel like Ruby is going to be pregnant mm -hmm. at some point in time. Oh, so, <laughs> other than that, that's where I'm at, besides the fact that I'm just excited to get to the next episode so yeah. we can just I'm just ready for the next episode no for real yes yes Ugh. I'll say that 
the Ruby story, Ruby and Hippolyta's stories are the ones I've been anticipating the most. Okay. And partly is because I like the Ruby character in the book, but that story was the one that gave me the most trouble in the yeah, book. Yeah, same. And, and I think it's because um, race is embedded through this book. Yeah. And to me, it was never more clear that mm. this was a white man yeah. writing about race than in Ruby's story. Mm-hmm. Oh, for so sure. I am interested in seeing what Misha Green and company will do mm-hmm. with this story. And, and how it will come to life. Especially the ending. Like, that's... I'm ready for the season finale specifically for her story. I want to enjoy the ride, but I'm with you. I want to see how they remix her shit to make it make more sense for us. Because her in the book did not. Did mm. not. Did yeah. not. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just ready to go along for the ride. I'm ready for Uncle George to come back. And, um, <laughs> shit, I'm ready for somebody to be confirmed pregnant, at least. Lady pregnant. I know that girl pregnant. That girl there, she, she's pregnant. No, um, but no, I'm just excited for the ride. And, you know, I'm happy that there's 10 episodes. I'm like, shit, we're just, just on episode four. Mm-hmm. This has been enough for four or five movies. So we, we're, yeah. I, I do want to pose this to you and then also to the audience. So my brother said to me, you know, this episode was boring to me. Really? Yeah. And I've seen online, I try not to go too deep into it because normally I listen to a bunch of podcasts, this one included. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I kind of l- listen to it a 360-degree conversation of different mm-hmm. perspectives mm-hmm. about Lovecraft Country, because I'm a wonk. And I <laughs> so, but um, I've seen some other people call this episode goofy, say that this is that um, that they don't like the pacing. I mean, like this, or where all of the initial excitement mm-hmm. of Lovecraft Country that was born from episode one, mm-hmm. I'm seeing it dwindle a little. Mm. And I find that interesting because, like you said, like we're super excited. We're almost to the halfway mark. And what is it about the trajectory that people that have people worried or have people displeased? Because I'm not seeing it. I'm not saying it is flawless, but overall, the anticipation and the interest that I have hasn't waned at all. Yeah. So. Just putting it out there, like I would love to hear other people's perspectives, starting with yours. So, Lisa, you want to take that? Well, I I will say that me and my sister, we talked about it. And at first, I will say, I because I I didn't know where it was going, like what was going to be next, and I hadn't read the book, that I was like, okay, I I feel, and then I think the ending is what got me, Mm. is the way the indigenous person was murdered, yeah, I I felt like I wanted more because I'm I was so used to some sort of completion like the, especially like the last week's episode where the the they cast out uh, Harem I think is that was his name Harem uh, or Epstein. Epstein I don't know his first name they cast yeah. out Epstein the 
ancestors came together so there was some kind of like breather there so so and then my sister was like well maybe this was like a, a filler episode mm-hmm. where you kind of get all the information you need and then the next episode is where it's going to be like action-packed you're going to get like this is kind of the you know the the study part and then the test is next week where you mm-hmm. you apply what you what all you've seen and what all you learned in the past episode so uh, that's kind of how I took it at first, and then again, I kind of I text uh, Rain and asked him some questions, and then I listened to the part some podcasts, and then I'm like, oh, so this episode was. Let me go back and watch it, mm-hmm. and so from there, I was able to to, but it didn't. Now, let me just say before I say anything else, my excitement hasn't wavered at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm still obsessed with the show, okay. but I could see how people kind of felt like. Okay, I don't know what's happening next or what's going on. We we got people coming from the dead. There's you know people getting coming from the dead and getting murdered five minutes later. We got the uh, wife turning around, even though the map clearly said don't go here. Mm-hmm. So you know it's a it's just like I guess for me I just can't wait for the next episode because I feel like all the questions that I had in my head will be answered. Yeah. So I don't know if that's what the audience meant by by that feeling like it was boring because you have questions with no answers or if they just not seeing what I'm seeing. So I really don't know. Hmm. I'm I'm biased because I read the book and I loved it. And mm-hmm. and that also is helping me. One, if I didn't read the book, I would still be here for it. I know that mm-hmm. because I know me. Um, I think that having read it and I'm able to see some storylines and it's so weird. It's like, I can see them, but the closer we get to them, like the closer we get to a Sunday, I don't know what the hell they're going to do. Cause this stuff was like towards the middle, towards the end of the book. And we got that in episode four. Um, I don't know. I'm hoping I'm, I think it's because you, you can't really pin a name to this show or, 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 uh, put it in a category because we get so much. It's easy to just say horror, but there's so many types of episodes we've had so far. This maybe was one that was a bit boring because it wasn't full of monsters or full of magic or whatever, the type of magic people want to see. But, um, I, I don't know what to blame it on. Cause it's, I feel like everybody in this episode moved past where they were last episode. Like there has been development on everybody who's been on screen. Every single person, William and Christina included. And we got more on the, the sheriff. So I, I don't know what would make this one boring. I, but again, I'm kind of biased. I don't, I don't know. Maybe there weren't enough spells or enough blood or I don't know, but boring. It was not, it was not. I asked my brother a little bit about that, and he said, you know, I mean, he got the Indiana Jones reference, but I've seen Indiana Jones, so mm-hmm. what I need to see, what I need to see again, you know, so it, it was, that's what he said, and, and um, the nods to it, and mm-hmm. he, want, I think he wanted to see something completely different. Okay. It, okay. It, but to me, it didn't lessen my... Um, my enjoyment, but that was just his. But I, I've just seen some some shifts. Dang, I hate that because nothing under the sun is new. So 
It's like, oh. you know, you're going to, I don't know, I guess for me it's a show that you have to watch several times. I mean, hell, we got the uh, Letty wearing the same top as her mom in East Bayou. Like something that uh-huh. small that was, for us having seen that, that's like, oh, okay, it's the Easter eggs. It's the what's mm-hmm. beneath the story. We're getting the story on the surface, but what things did you miss? Like that little boy reading, is that, I don't know, Martin Luther King's oldest son? Like who, who what, you know, we don't know what we're going to get. And I feel like, but to everyone's credit, I will say, Hippolyta's story for me got boring for like one or two pages in the book. But for for the times that they were boring to me, the very next page made everything make sense. So I'm hoping, if it's boring to people, I'm hoping this episode, episode five, is what reels you back in. Like, oh shit, okay, if I had to pay attention in four, this would make more sense. Um, I'm hoping that's the effect, but I don't know. It was exciting to me. Ask me and I think that also... Some of the people, some of the criticism I've seen, wanted to be more overtly about race. Yeah. Uh, and I'm like, this whole thing is. A- I mean, the thing about it is, I'm black. Mm-hmm. Everything I do and everything that I've experienced, overtly or covertly, is about race. Mm-hmm. The way that people see me in this world, the places that I have access to, places I don't have access to. It's all about race and gender mm-hmm. from a woman. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so there's that as well. And I, I don't know. I just want to say, I'm just, I want to hear, like, what is it? I also say that some of the criticisms that I've read do come from white people. So, there we go. That was my next. Come on. <laughs> and so, you know, I mean. <laughs> it ain't for you, fam. Yeah. It ain't for yeah, you. take that with a grain of salt. It's. Yeah. So there we, so there's that too. So I, I, I want to hear from everybody. It's like okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's fine too. Like I don't like for if a white person like oh this is boring. I like I'm fine with that because you're not centered in everything. And I'm not even saying that they're wrong for saying it's boring because it's your taste. Um, but I think I went through YouTube and watched a bunch of different videos, and then I realized I will not be actively seeking out white people, um, white people's um critique of this show because what i found is that when i look at a a black person or a non-black person of color i've mostly come conversation like this where it's like oh can you believe this then the third how this relates to this this relates to that when it's come to a white person for the most part i found that they just recap the episode this happens this happens this happens this happens and it's no and that might that's fine for some. I'm not knocking them for that, but that's the difference I'm seeing in the critiques. Um, there was one guy who thought it was boring and useless for them to include um, uh, Emmett Till in that one episode. He was like, and I don't understand why I had to look for it and this and that. And again, you're entitled to your opinion, but I'm like, this ain't for you. You're not centered in this. So where I have to watch Friends and Seinfeld, and I just have to know about you know any number of white things or I have to look them up, now you have to do the same. So when it comes to reviews and critiques of the show, if you don't have, I'm going by the one drop rule because I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, yeah, I'm good. If you look like a bright white, I'm good. (laughs) 
I'm good. You you got to be a little bit darker than uh, Letitia fucking Lewis for me to care about what your opinion <laughs> is. I'm sorry. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's see, y'all. This was, <laughs> thank you both so much <laughs> for coming me. on. Thank good you, Lord. Oh, my God. Yes. Uh, please let folks know where they can find you online, if they can find you online, or, you know, introduce yourself once again. Well, uh, I am Talisa, and my Instagram is T-L-I-S-A-87. Uh, I think my stuff is private, but I might make it public <laughs> if I keep doing podcasting or something. It's all new to me, so I, uh, I totally appreciate my friend letting me come and talk about something that I'm slowly getting into, but I'm loving every minute of it. So, again, thank you so much for having me on your podcast. You know, I'm forever a fan of yours, so <laughs> I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, man. <laughs> JJ? Uh, you can find me at JupiterJulip24 on Twitter. Uh, I, I live tweet most Sundays with the crew. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Lisa, it was so wonderful meeting you. It, yes, you as new, well. You're new to podcasting. Yes, this is my first time ever. So, I when I when I because I jokingly said that I wanted to be a part of the show because I love or a, sh- a part of Rain's show because I love Lovecraft so much. And he's like, "Well, come on the show then." So <laughs> I was like, oh, "Okay." So <laughs> natural. Yes. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. You don't know how much I appreciate that. Thank you. It's it's true. So you're so I so now I now I'm making like demands on Rain. So like Rain, right? So the next time you have her, you make sure you tweet me so I yes. know to listen. Yes. Oh, right. No pressure. No, no pressure. No pressure. No pressure. But um yeah. So also check out my homies on the CSPN network. They not only have a whole lot of wrestling, professional wrestling um, commentary of every promotion mm-hmm. um, that you can think of, but they also have a comic book show. There's a Black Feminist Thought show. Okay. There's a uh, show on home brewing, and um, if you if you can think about it, it's probably there. Good so that deal. SPN Network. Uh, you can also at Don DeLorente. Just a at D O N. You're welcome. And those links will be in the show notes. So please, 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 guys, check those out. You know the drill. Links in the show notes. Check them out. Add them. Uh, tell them who sent you. Hashtag them, whatever else. Listen to the network. Let them know what's going on. And, um, of course, me, Rain Coleman, the Carefree Black Nerd. Carefree Blurred on Twitter. Carefree Black Nerd everywhere else. Uh, email carefreeblacknerd at gmail.com if you want to get a voice note on the show you got some thoughts about an episode I'll add it to the front, the middle, the end of the show just email me a, a, a quick little thought and we can get it going from there make sure to use that hashtag lovecraftaftermath when you're live tweeting, when you're listening to the episode when you're leaving comments we'll check that hashtag and figure out what y'all talking about <laughs> so until next time everyone please stay carefree, stay nerdy, stay geeky and stay the fuck away from these crazy ass mystical white folks and if you white still stay away from these crazy ass mystical white folks (laughs) (laughs) all right y'all